and welcome aboard the Battleship Retention. I am not Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. Tyler Smith is on assignment. You are Julie, Julie Sesnovich. Co- yes. Co-host for this episode. Co-host one of our, for the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, of, one, of our, one of our favorite guests, a mainstay on the TCM Film Fest wrap-ups, um, guest on uh, our great dance movies episode. And of course, you're always on these episodes. What are these episodes? I'll tell you in a second. First, I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Uh, Today, I was using my tweakedaudio.com earbuds to listen to the new uh, live EP by a um, guitarist uh, whose name I think is Mdu Mokhtar. Um, it's really good. It's called, uh, the EP is called Niger, um, like the country Niger. Um, uh, but it's Niger volume one. So teasing that there's going to be more, uh, but it was, I was reflecting on the fact that, um, I was, I had tickets to see him do Mokhtar in April of 2020. <laughs> um, and I don't think what that happened. Ever got, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that one ever got rescheduled. I think we just got refunded. And I, I saw yeah. Wilco. Um, I saw Wilco last September and that was a reschedule from April, also April of, of 2020. Um, Natalie, my wife, uh, is still two months away from seeing the pet shop boys, which was a 2020, uh, uh, cancellation. Um, yeah, so we're still, and obviously people are still getting COVID and, and, and passing away and all this stuff. So, uh, still, still a, uh, Still a pandemic, still living with the fallout and still living in it. And uh, at least we've got tweakedaudio.com earbuds to listen to, to get us through it. And Dumoktar sounded great on them. They're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. If you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third out, one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Julie? All right. Um, let's get into it, shall we? What are we, let, what are we doing here? We are doing the fall movie preview. Um, listen, and I'm who, not... Whom, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm not naive. I know why you invite me here. It's because I make a spreadsheet of all the upcoming releases. It's very organized. I'm not going to... Listen, I'm not going to sell, my short, sell myself short. It's a bitch in yeah. spreadsheet. So I ha- harbor no delusions about my role here. I am here to keep you guys organized. And by guys, plural, um, I am also referring to today's special guest, um, which is my husband, Battleship Pretensions, editor-at-large, Scott and I. Always happy to be the... Is it nepotism <laughs> when it's a spouse? Um, uh, writing Julie's coattails to... Yeah, go well, Thank you. yeah you're definitely a, a nepo baby, no matter what. <laughs> um, I was kind of... This week's hot term. Yeah. Um, P- 
peek behind the curtain, Scott doesn't have his video on in the Zoom, and I was kind of hoping that he would turn on his video immediately after being introduced. That would have been yeah, uh, because a, a fun in a surprise. in a um, Scott and Julie first, we are actually not recording in the same place That's um, or the same state <laughs> or the same time zone. So, Scott, yeah. do you want to kind of like paint a picture of where you were at in terms of jet lag, sleep level, physical location, and possibly drunkenness? Uh, the truth is I'm less affected by any of these factors than one might imagine, given that I am in New York, um, took a red eye that landed 15 hours ago and pr work, proceeded to work all day, go out to dinner, have a couple of drinks, and then take a long subway ride and a sweaty walk in the muggy New York weather to my hotel where I'm now seated, um, having gotten, you know, I have no idea how much sleep I got on the plane, to be honest. Um, but yeah. I am still alive and still strangely cognizant of my surroundings. Um, so much so that I am have the wherewithal to not have my video on as I just came unstuck from uh, the leather chair which my <laughs> hotel has uh, apportioned my room with. What, um, uh, is there no AC in your room? There is. And so I turned that on and I, I've got that going at a, a decent blast and Okay. It's gotten, it's gotten me nice and cool. And I'm, a, I'm about to go shirted, but I gotta go, I gotta take the earbuds <laughs> out. So I'm waiting for a nice break while you guys clearly have the reins. Well, let's uh, hand the reins over to, to, to Julie then. Um, let's start talking about All right. movies of, of the fall. Let's start. Uh, let's Tyler's, so, Tyler, I... Tyler's not here, but we're go going by his rule that the fall starts September 1st, not September the real 1st. rule that it starts at the uh, autumn equinox. But nobody is... likes that rule. Except me. I do. Oh, you do. Okay. Well, for... well I, you guys know I'm like a, a pagan. Right? <laughs> Tight. No, um, we. it's really more fall and winter. We're defining it as from now to the end of the year, basically. It is considered like, you know, the award season, the prestige season. Um, there's a lot of movies in here. We're going to try to get through as many as we can. I tried to get the dates as accurate as possible. If they're not quite right, um, you know, they're just generally imminent. So... Don't at me about that, but, um, and obviously it'll thin out as we go because it's been kind of front loaded with things that are coming out sooner. Um, yeah. and so, yeah. yeah, I'm looking at your list as usual. We're not going to talk about all of these. Um, I mean, you've got, uh, a number here that I don't know or probably care about, <laughs> sure. uh, at, at the beginning. So where, so for the first weekend, Labor Day weekend, where do you want to start? Yes. Um, let's start. We have, um, honk for Jesus, save your soul, which is quite a title, um, that premiered at Sundance earlier this year. It's kind of a, uh, religious satire starring, um, Regina Hall and Sterling K Brown as the first couple of a mega church. Um, it's uh, day and date, so it's premiering simultaneously in theaters and on Peacock, everyone's favorite streaming service. Um, I saw a ClickHole article that was like, Night Ruined, the thing you wanted to watch is on Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, do not dare give your money to something that has at most two more fiscal quarters to survive. Um, but yeah, it, it landed a little soft on the festival circuit, but like... Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown, that sounds like a great combo. Um, so I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little interested. Yeah, and Sterling K. Brown uh, noted St. Louisan. So I always got to okay. call that out. I'll always got to call that out, obviously. Uh, uh, um, okay. Um, uh, the one I'm uh, very excited about this, this weekend um, is uh, Peter von Kant. 
from director mm-hmm. Francois Ozon, who is a director that I've been a fan of since I was like in high school. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, this is a, well, it's not a remake of the movie, right? They, well, they sort of, but like it's a loose adaptation and there's like gender swapping happening. Yeah. So the, uh, the bitter tears of Petra von Kant is the source material, but the play is the source material, which is also written by Fassbender. Is that right? Oh gosh. Yeah, I don't really know the weeds of it, but you put the play on first and then made a movie of it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, um, I mean, I'm excited for this because I like Francois Ozon and it also stars, um, Denis Menoche, who is an actor that I, uh, like a lot. You might remember him as the, uh, prison guard in, um, uh, French dispatch who was not Leia Sadu, the male, uh, prison guard. And he's also the, um, father and farmer at the, in the opening scene of inglorious bastards. That's his, uh, probably biggest like American movie uh, title, but he's always great when he shows up at anything. Um, yeah. It also has, um, Ooh, baby, I don't know how to say this. Hannah Shigula, who is from the original bitter tears of Petra von Kant. Oh. Um, so that's kind of a interesting callback there. Um, yeah. Love Francois zone. Um, not the biggest fan of bitter tears of Petra von Kant. So ha- seeing them combined will be interesting. I adore the bitter tears of Petra von Kahn. It'll be interesting because it's such a queer text and Ozan is mm-hmm. certainly no stranger to queer texts himself to see like it, but straight. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else on, on this weekend that really leaps out? Um, There's some other titles I recognize just from getting like blasted with. Pope sure. Pope you have um, loving Highsmith, which is a Patricia Highsmith documentary. Um, she seems like, very interesting gal to put up mildly um got some but isn't like i feel like that <laughs> that title form like anything that like a, a a title that starts with like a gerund you know like a an ing word is i don't know it usually is like a turnoff to me <laughs> it it it, That's it, it oddly it's specific <laughs> yeah it just feels kind of like basic i don't know um well, listen, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover and you shouldn't judge a movie by its title. I would think you would know that by now. I think I do judge movies by their titles. <laughs> I, I well, just yeah, but not yeah. to make it a disqualifying factor. I would. No, hope. I'm not going to like not see it because of that. But I just it's a I feel like that's kind of a uh, I have generally like when I title movie reviews, Battleship Retention, I have tried to stay away from that because it's such a go-to for titling things blanking blank um that i i, I it, it sets off alarm bells as a as a cliche for me but uh yeah patricia heisman that's great yeah um there's also waiting for bojangles which is nothing like what the title would indicate it's about like um a, a french couple as seen through the eyes of their young son and the mother has like mental health issues but it has um virgin Virginie Efira and Romain Dury. This isn't going well, but um, <laughs> seems charming. Um, and then there's kind of, so after Labor Day weekend, there's some kind of midweek stuff. Um, somehow on uh, September 7th, somehow there's these after movies that are like based on this Wattpad fan fiction. This is like the third one, I think. Um, it's called After Ever Happy. <laughs> 
which is a choice. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that's coming directly to Amazon video. Um, they just okay. making these. And then on September 8th, we have the first of two Pinocchios this year. Um, somehow, like, I don't feel that there is like a societal desire for more Pinocchios. They just keep happening. Yeah. Yeah. That and Robin Hood's, they just keep generating endlessly. And I, I mean, well, I know why it's public domain, but it just seems like there's always a new Pinocchio, right? But this is a Robert Zemeckis movie. It is. And Robert Zemeckis direct to streaming remakes released since the pandemic, uh, of which there have been one, uh, have a bad track record because yes. the, the witches was uh, mm-hmm. god awful. <laughs> yeah, they are dumping this on Disney Plus in a month, and I've heard very little about it. Um, this is the live action one that has a very heavily made up Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Um, you know, it has some good some other good people, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Jiminy Cricket. Um, Keegan-Michael Key is in it. Um, Cynthia Erivo is the Blue Fairy. But like, again, so many Pinocchios. I do enjoy that Tom Hanks is just in his ridiculous phase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can like I can appreciate that. I just like I, I just feel like we've reached Pinocchio saturation. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Barbarian is coming out. Now we're on the ninth, the actual release date of the ninth. Uh, Barbarian is a movie that I have twice RCP'd for screenings and then due to life events have been unable to make it last minute. So I, uh, the fates are keeping me from seeing Barbarian early, but, um, I'm hearing good things, but not a lot of details. Cause I think it's kind of a, uh, you know, don't read about the movie before you see it type of type of deal. There's some, some twists maybe, but I'm hearing good things. Okay. Um, let's see. It's got Bill Skarsgård, Justin Long. Yeah. Um, uh, I've heard good. All right. I've heard some uh, very positive buzz about Saloon. Um, which is, uh, uh, I can't remember what country it's from now. I'm trying to see if that's in the, <laughs> Oh, it might not be. Yeah. No. <laughs> Okay, so I don't know what Saloon is about, but I know it's a IFC Midnight, so it's a genre movie. Um, I just got an invite to Brahmastra Part 1 Shiva. I can't make it, but I had never heard of that before today. Um, this is a um, uh, like a Bollywood movie, right? That's being released by uh, Disney here? Um, presumably, yeah. Okay. Um, also, surely you have some opinion of the fact that there is a documentary releasing on the state called hockey land. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything uh, about it. I mean, I've, um, I like the title. Uh, I can certainly relate. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In and Unfor- Minnesota's unforgiving North country, the senior boys of rival communities skate for a last chance to etch their names into local lore. So it's about uh, youth hockey. That's fun. Right on. Right. Um, we also have a rom-com called about fate with Emma Roberts and Thomas Mann. Emma Roberts, just okay. carving out her niche, just making it happen. I, I um, really like one of those two actors. Um, and her name is Emma Roberts. <laughs> great. Um, there's also in slightly more highbrow fair, there's, um, hold me tight, which is directed by Matthew Almerick and stars Vicky creeps. So that's a, I think that's, you mean Matthew. Matthew Almerick. <laughs> um, 
I, I have made very clear at the top that French pronunciation is not my forte and we're just gonna, that's including gonna have to be okay. Fort. What? <laughs> I said including you how you pronounce fort. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll um, um, hold me tight. Sounds fantastic. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Great pairing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't it seem like, like after Phantom Thread, it felt like there was a long time without like Vicky Creeps being in movies. And it was like, what's going on? She was so good. And now she's like in movies all the time, which is great. Well, it's because everyone saw Phantom Thread and it took a year or two to make whatever movie they were going to put her in. And then to, to finally cut up. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, PTA really uh, was ahead of the curve. The then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, although I feel like I'd seen, had I seen her in something before that? I was just looking that up. She was in a most wanted man. I could not tell you what she was doing in it. Uh, she was in Hannah, the um, uh, Joe Ray movie, but I, again, I could not tell you what she was doing. In it. Yeah. yeah, I guess not. Yeah, I, I did see most one of me, but I don't remember her. Um, I also want to talk about uh, the second Neil Butte movie of 2022, House of Darkness. Wait, what um, was the first? Uh, it's called Out of the Blue, and it, I think just op- maybe it's opening this weekend. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I um, I didn't get a chance to see out out of, out of the blue, but, um, Neil Butte is always of interest to me. Um, I'm not saying his movies are always good, but I'm always interested in, in, in seeing what, uh, what sort of subject matter he has decided to take on. Cause it, it varies wildly from things, you know, his heyday of like your friends and neighbors and what was the, the shape of things that was was called. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then like, he did the uh, Death at a Funeral remake, which yep. is so weird. Um, and he made the truly underrated uh, Samuel Jackson thriller Lakeview Terrace. Um, that was uh, that was a fun movie. I used to work at a place that was across the street from an AMC when that movie came out, and uh, we had this one summer at this job that I won't name where it was. Um, where we kept getting let go early because a probably mentally unstable person kept calling in bomb threats. Oh, wow. <laughs> there, there, there was, there was a summer, whatever year that would have been, I think 2008 is what year like Futeros came out. Um, uh, it was like, I'd be like having a rough day and it'd be uh, the part of my br- my mind would be like, I hope that lady calls in a bomb threat today <laughs> <laughs> just because I wanted to get out of there. And so, yeah, one day, she called in a bomb threat wheel. They sent us away and I just walked across the street and saw Lake Futerus. So that's my Neil Butte story. I don't know what uh, House of Darkness is about, but it also but, has Justin Long in it. I was going to say he's participating in Justin Long Assance. <laughs> oh, is he having a Assance as well? Well, he was just in Barbarian. We just went over that. So True. You know, he's yeah. taking less Justin Long roles than he used to. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, it's like we all have an image of Justin Long, and it's not in a Neil LeBute movie. Yeah, yeah. But again, what what is a Neil LeBute movie is the thing. That's He's, true. He, yeah. Um, uh, also on the state, we have the Cathedral. I know this had yeah. good buzz on the festival circuit. Oh, David, if you have more to say about that, please take it away. No, I I I, I didn't see it. I was um, planning to see it when Sundance was going to be in person, but then when Sundance went. Uh, virtual this year i i sort of decided 
there were other things going on. Well, I can say Natalie and we're, we're looking for a house. <laughs> I've, I've said on the podcast before we, we, we bought a townhouse uh, earlier this year and uh, we were in the middle of that search. And so I decided I'm just not going to do Sundance. I'm going to take this cancellation as a, uh, an excuse to go visit places. And we visited this place that weekend, that weekend of Sundance is when Perfect. we visited this place that we got. So I didn't end up seeing, uh, um, the cathedral, but, uh, notes on a disappearance is 2018 movie. Um, I quite liked, and I think, I believe that year it, it made my list on the, uh, through the cracks, um, yeah. uh, movies when we do that, that episode, um, in the weeks before the Oscars. So, uh, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about the cathedral. Um, yeah, there's also, um, a new Mark cousins documentary, the story of film, a new generation. Um, he makes these, you know, very long and intense documentaries about film. So. Okay. Right um, I think that's all I want to call out on that day. Well, then, uh, then if we're going to midweek, we've got the long awaited clerks three. Yep. You guys, it's finally here. Sure do. It's a fathom event. In fact. Yeah. I, uh, I never saw clerks two. Um, I'm trying to think what the last Kevin Smith movie I saw was Jersey girl. I don't know. I never I saw red state. I last was clerks too. No, I saw cop out. Oh, I clerks saw Zach two. and Mary. What? Uh, Scott, you're freezing up. They don't have good internet in New York. That's it. Yeah. I saw that too. Um, sorry. So what was the last thing you said? Scott? No, nope, he's, He's frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> you throwing in the towel, Scott? I don't no, think I'm hear still us. here. Oh, okay. okay. I can hear you. Okay. I was just letting the moment ride. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, Clerks 3. Clerks 3. Um, and then, if you don't want to call it anything else midweek, going to the weekend of uh, September 16th, we have The Woman King. Um, oh, which... I did. Sorry. Oh, uh, cool. you know, why did I? I just stopped you for no reason because <laughs> I have nothing to say about this except that I've heard that uh, Speak No Evil, another IFC Midnight uh, genre movie, uh, is pretty good. That's something to say. Yeah. I don't know anything, anything more about it. All right. Yeah. The Woman King, Gina Prince by the Woods, uh, Viola Davis starring uh, uh, Action War biopic. Right. Yeah, they've been um, this trailer has been in heavy rotation as of late um, based on a true story. Um, it seems like Viola Davis is some kind of African warrior. Um, John Boyega is the king that is instructing her and she seems to have some kind of female army. Um, she looks really jacked. It yeah. seems rad. Um, yeah. Yeah, this sure. um, uh, I haven't. um the, the the window for press um to select their public screening tickets for tiff hasn't actually opened yet but if um i am currently at, intending to see this at tiff even though it'll only be like days beforehand <laughs> but uh you know get that review up get those clicks you know hell yeah that's, that's what it's all about <laughs> Um, there's also okay. on that date, um, a, an American remake of good night, mommy, which is in yeah. what country is that from again? Austria. Okay. 
And the reason I know that is, and I know I'm not the first person to point this out, but we can't ignore the fact that this is the second time that Naomi, Naomi Watts has starred in the English language remake of an Austrian horror movie. Cause she was also in funny games. <laughs> okay. Carving out a niche. Um, coincidence. Yeah. I never saw good night mommy. Um, okay. I hear it's okay. <laughs> Scott was unimpressed. Okay. Um, also on that date, you have see how they run, which by the way, a side note about September for movies, September is a weird month because it kind of seems like it's when they release movies that like seemed like Oscar movies earlier in their development. And then like petered out as time went on. That's so like, these are the stocking horses, the canaries in the coal mine, the sacrificial lambs. So mm-hmm. They have to send them out to fail, but as a way of signaling that award season is coming. And that bums me out when there's a September movie that like really, spe- I mean, sometimes you get a diamond in the rough. Like I think hustlers was a September movie and that was really good. I, the light between oceans. That's my, light that's my go-to oceans. as like, a great exactly. movie that underperformed because of exactly. doomed so September release date. Sometimes they're good, but that's why I'm very conflicted about see how they run, which is on the state. You have an all-star cast. It's a 1950s murder mystery set in the theater world of London. Um, It stars Saoirse Ronan as an over eager police constable. Like all of this sounds wonderful. I just like the September of it all has me worried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's like, do you really want to see the runoff of knives out? Yeah. The, I mean, the, uh, the runoff. Yeah. You think it's that feels like that to me. I feel like knives. out was a success that and, uh, uh, Orient express. And so they're like period murder mystery. People are all about them. Yeah. And it's like, they're both fine movies, but you know, the runoff of great movies is usually tedious enough. The runoff of fine movies is usually like, what am I even doing here? <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, how can you not root for Sir Sharon and Sam Rockwell, Adrian Brody, Bruce, uh, Ruth Wilson, Harris Dickinson, and David Oyelowo? I mean, Sam Rockwell makes it very easy to root against him many times, as much as I love yeah, him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm, I don't know if I'd say I'm excited. I'm very curious about Pearl, which was the uh, secret prequel to ty west's x that he secretly shot while he was shooting x um uh x was not bad uh not great it was a little i would i would say a little tame for a movie called x about like a slasher movie that takes place on the set of a uh 70s porn like i feel like it should have been a little bit more out there i should have i should have i should have clutched my pearls a little bit more while i was watching that movie um but uh Still definitely curious about Pearl, and I like Mia Goth. What can I say? Yeah, I'm also like, I, I never saw X, but doesn't the very premise and existence of this movie spoil X? Or no? Um, no, I mean, well, I, and what do you mean? What, what way do you mean? Well, uh, doesn't this that is a like... prequel. I understand, but if it's a prequel about her killing people, doesn't that kind of... Um... Oh, see, I don't know what the prequel's about. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, it looks like she but, might kill people. Uh, yeah. Um, but I would say the X pretty um, solidly sets up that there's a, a past on this farm and that uh, Mia Goth's character in X looks a lot like someone from the, I see. the, the past. So, uh, 
Yeah, I'm more I'm more just curious because I like the backstory of sure. uh he secretly shot a whole other movie while yeah. he was making this movie. I like that. Um, um and yeah, they it's getting it's playing at both Venice and Tiff, I think. So clearly it's landing with people. Um also on this day is Moon Age Daydream, which is a documentary about David Bowie that they're releasing in IMAX. Um I've ar- already got tickets for opening yeah. night at the at the Chinese. Um, I'm very excited. Uh Brent Morgan made um uh, Kurt Cobain montage of heck the the Kurt Cobain do- documentary but um yeah this one everything I've read about it sounds like it's a uh, uh gonna be a fun theatrical experience yeah I I've I've talked to some people who've seen it and they said it was really amazing because it also explores it has a lot of original footage obviously but also explores like David Bowie's like kind of interdisciplinary work and how his music like wove through different art forms so that's mm. that's exciting um, also on this day is the silent twins. Um, it's based on a novel or, be, or no, it's based on a real life story about creepy twins who have, um, their own private language. Um, and it stars Letitia Wright and is directed by, oh boy. Um, it's, it's the woman who directed the lore, which is a crazy, yeah. like Smozinska. I'm going to say braver than I am. Sure. Um, but that is a crazy killer mermaid, like beautiful killer mermaid musical from 2015, um, that I saw at AFI Fest. Wow. Yeah. Um, I saw it at AFI Fest and it really like knocked my socks off. Also had the unique distinction of having one of the craziest Q and a questions I've ever heard in my life, which is saying something for living in LA for 10 years. Yeah. Um, there was, for lack of a better term, a mermaid truther in the audience who <laughs> took issue with the depiction of mermaids as being murderous and aggressive because they're not like that. And she's like, well, yeah, but but she wasn't talking about like them as fictional. She was talking about them as yeah. real. And you could just like see the horror in like both the director and the moderator's face as they like realized what was happening. And what a... <laughs> That was really I wonder, I wonder if this this person, this true mermaid truther, does she believe in sirens? And it is is she saying like that's another thing? Or are sirens like that's the like that's the fake cryptozoology thing that make that gives mermaids a bad name? I would be so scared to ask. <laughs> Um, speaking of conspiracy theorists, I feel like we're not supposed to like Letitia Wright because she's like a, an anti-vaxxer or whatever, but I like Letitia Wright. I'm, uh, I, I like seeing her in movies. Fair enough. Um, also, very strangely, on the same date, uh, we're still on September 16th, there's a new Fletch movie starring John Hamm, which yeah. really haven't heard much about for it coming out in like three weeks. Um it's directed by Greg Matola. Um, it Did you has... see Greg Matola's tweet? Uh, <laughs> no. Did he like quote tweeted the the official announcement of the movie? Um, in the, like the Christmas peanut M and M said it does exist. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's been. I mean, I, I don't know how long it's been done. Uh, yeah, seven hours ago, huh? It does exist. <laughs> Well, this is also a movie that they've been trying to make for, I'm going to say 20 years for some reason, just like someone really has a thing for Fletch. So I'm still unconvinced this isn't just an cool news headline from 2004. So, but yeah, but who is, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of who else has been attached. I want to say like, um, 
Jason What's his Lee. Name? Jason Lee. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Um, Paul Rudd at one point. Okay. Basically, any guy who's like vaguely in this mold, probably Justin Long. Yeah. Yeah. You have, are, do you just know that off the top of your head or are you looking it up? No, I genuinely know these things. You, you're like a horrible brain. You're like a Fletch reboot historian. This is an unexpected side of you. Well, you know, <laughs> you read enough chud.com or whatever. Sometimes <laughs> just get lodged in the head. I guess so. So come, come the 16th. We'll see if it's real. Um, also on the 16th, you have God's country. Um, God's country. That's what I said. Not, I know, but I'm saying. Not God's creatures, because there is also a oh, September release sure. called God's creatures. And for a second, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm really excited about this." When I realized I was thinking of God's creatures, and I don't know what God's country is. Um, I thought you were criticizing where I was putting the emphasis, and I'm like, I don't think it matters that much. Um, <laughs> no, this is a. Um, it stars um, Tandy Newton um, as a college professor, and it's kind of like. Um, uh, her against creepy guys kind of story. Um, okay. I, I think she mentioned something about how like um, you rarely get to see like women of color in this role. And she's like living out in the wilderness and stuff. So um, got pretty good festival buzz. Um, let's see. Also. Um, uh, you got Riotsville USA, um, which premiered at Sundance and uh, is a, a, a documentary um, uh, about uh, protests and, I don't know. I guess riots, uh, but it got very good re reviews. Um, the African Desperate uh, has a uh, the 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 description here follows twenty four hours in the life of Palace, a newly minted MFA grad from an outside New York art school, whose final day of school becomes a psychedelic odyssey. That sounds good to me. Um, and the actress's name is Diamond Stingily. Diamond Stingily, and she's playing Palace yeah Can't everything about that. this is fun um i think i'm good for the 16th all right so um, moving on i guess to the 23rd unless you have something um well there is a midweek oddity um on the 21st on peacock our aforementioned peacock. favorite streamer um there's meet cute which is a um a like time travel rom-com with kaylee cuoco and pete davidson who like is still everywhere. Like, I feel like the Pete Davidson backlash is in full effect, but he made so many things during his moment that it just keeps, it just keeps coming. But he's got new stuff. They just announced he's got a new show. That's that Joe true. He's going to be in. I know he pulled Joe Pesci out of semi-retirement. Like, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, I think whatever backlash there is only makes him stronger. I know. Yeah. yeah. Like I find him mildly amusing, but I'm not getting like the, the mag, the massive magnetism, I guess. I'm also not getting the massive thing people hate about him. Like seems like a perfectly affable fellow. I think that people just bought get bothered by the fact that he doesn't seem to care and it keeps getting more famous as a result. And yeah. I mean, he keeps like, he's a goofy looking guy that keeps landing like famously beautiful women. For sure. And, That's I, a and I think, I think a lot of people are bitter about that because they, uh, I think a lot of uh, men don't have any idea what women want <laughs> and they can't really wrap their, don't stay. can't hit the head around this guy um who is not conventionally attractive also being incredibly charming and 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 funny um and confident and and that 
working for him. But uh, yeah, I've always found him funny. I did not like the King of Staten Island, but that's not his fault. It's uh, suffered from just general apatowism. Sure. Um, on Do you uh, the part in King of Staten Island when he like helps his friends rob a fucking auto repair <laughs> shop? Like, it, there's so many things. I'm no like editor, but the movie's two hours and 15 minutes long or whatever. And it's so easy to look at it and be like, well, that whole storyline didn't need to be in the, this movie could have been a standard, like a more suitable comedy length, hundred minute movie. Yeah. And it's so easy to see. It's just frustrating to watch a movie and see how easily it could have been a better movie. Sure. Anyway, why am I so, it's been two years. Why am I mad about that? <laughs> um, on the on September 22nd, there's a movie coming out on Shutter called Raven's Hollow. And I'm only pointing this out because I'm just noticing this now. Strangely, it is one of two movies this fall concerning Edgar Allan Poe's time as a West Point cadet. Wow. Um, About time. It is the lower profile of the two. I will tell you that much. We will get okay. to the higher profile one later. Um, but then, yeah, on to the 23rd. Um, the big title on that day is Don't Worry, Darling, the, I guess, second film of Olivia Wilde as director, um, starring Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. Um, this, mostly this movie to me is about like internet drama now. Like people are thinking that like, cause I guess like um, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles are dating now, I think because of, were they together before the shoot? I can't remember. I yeah, think they I think maybe they got, got together, together because of the shoot because of the shoot. And so now all the Harry Styles fans hate Olivia Wilde. And now people are saying there's drama between Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh. Like, it's just like spiraled really out of control. Um, is it, is it, sorry to, I'm not like a Stan of okay. anything or anyone really. Okay. Um, why do Harry Styles fans not like Olivia Wilde? Is it as simple as, they want him to themselves or like if I, she makes him happy, wouldn't they be pro that? Um, no, <laughs> I mean, I, I think part of it is because maybe she's older than him and that carries a certain connotation. Um, I don't know. Well, I'm not that older deep. Than I am. I'm insulted. Yeah. I'm not that deep in the fandom, but, um, the actual movie is about like kind of it's kind of a separate Stepford Wivesy dystopian fifties thing. Um, it could really go either way. Again, it is in September, but I adore Florence Pugh. Like I am, that's that's my fandom. <laughs> so I am willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. Everything else, I don't know, but yeah, Florence she's, Pugh, she's great. Absolutely, we stand. Um, yeah, I uh, did you see Fighting with My Family? Love it. Yeah, me too. So good. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. A Jazz Man's Blues. Tyler Perry. It's his latest directorial effort, but it's apparently the first screenplay he ever wrote. Yeah. So that's not promising. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who has generally not been a fan of Tyler Perry's work, this like, you know, pulling something out of a drawer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Ugh. from from a less refined time but maybe yeah. i don't know maybe fame corrupted him and this is just an unpot like a, a real diamond in the rough who knows um but it's it's coming to netflix um so you can 
probably watch in the comfort of your own home. Um, also on the 23rd, there's On the Come Up, which is the directorial debut of Asana Lathan. Um, yeah. And it's based on a novel by Angie Thomas, who also wrote The Hate You Give. Um, so that's it's they're dumping it on Paramount Plus, which is unfortunate, but it does seem like, you know, a promising combination of factors. Um, yeah. What else we got? Also on the 23rd, you have Lou, which they're making um, female takens now, I guess. Um, it's it, it's not explicitly taken, but it's basically kind of in that mold. But it's Alice and Janney. Um, OK, but didn't they did. Wasn't there a, a similar like real racist one with Jennifer Garner a few years ago? Oh, Peppermint. Pepper, peppermint. I didn't see yeah. it, but I know that I like- people were mad that it was racist. That's what I, I think. I that was more of like a John Wick thing than like a Taken thing. I feel like the Taken thing, it's got to be someone older, right? That's the so yeah. okay, okay. That's, yeah, I agree. That's, that's the, the difference uh, to me. The, the dividing line between John um, Wick interestingly, and, okay. um, I recently heard that John Wick was originally supposed to be older. Like it was written as for like a much, much, much older person. Um, they were thinking it could be like a Clint Eastwood or something, but then it got changed to Keanu Reeves. Who's not, I mean, like Ken Reeves isn't, he's not Harry Styles. He's, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's a middle-aged man. Yes, but yeah, still a bit of a different direction when you shave off a cool 25 years. Yeah. Um, right, also on the 23rd, um, there's, wait a minute. Is this, I might be confusing this with something else. Never mind. Um Sweet. Um, on the 23rd, you have Sydney, which is a documentary yes. about Sydney Poitier. Do you have thoughts on that? No, just that um, uh, I, we recently, someone recently did a profile episode on this podcast about the career of Sydney Poitier. So um, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm primed for this documentary. Or I guess I should say I'm Apple TV Plus for this documentary. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I've been actually like, you know, since his death, I've been getting more into his filmography and it's like, someone can be a tremendous icon and still be kind of underrated at the same time. And I feel like people know him as an icon. They know him as an activist, but it's like, the work is good. Like the more I dive into it, it's like, you know, he's a very dynamic and varied actor who could do a lot of different things. And I feel like the stuff of his that is more well-remembered tends to be in a more narrow mold, which is a shame because he Mm -hmm. really was, did have a much bigger range. So. Um, I think, um, the, 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 the biggest takeaway, um, from my like deep dive of watching a bunch of Zindy Poitier movies is that, uh, the key art and general, just public presentation of lilies of the field is bad and misleading. And it makes it look like a very boring, safe family afternoon, like matinee movie. It's actually a much more vibrant, um, full of life uh, movie. And he plays a much more prickly character than, than the log line about like a guy comes in and has, you know, uh, helps a bunch of nuns. <laughs> like yeah. sounds like lilies of the field is, is, really really good 
Yeah, we actually just saw it at the Academy Museum recently and we were really into it. it yeah, and we it's the same thing. We, it's different than it sounds for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. A deserved, a deserved Oscar win. Um, All right, what's else? What else? Um, I know I had something else here. Uh, oh, My Imaginary Country is the... Um, uh, the latest uh, documentary from Patricio Guzman. Um, and uh, yeah, this is the, um, so he's, he makes documentaries about his home country of Chile, usually pretty critical of the, the, the government. Um, but he's, he's spent the last 20 years making documentaries about Chile's like, past like recent past the pinochet years and, and stuff like that and and so i imagine my imaginary countries i guess is um return to uh present day like here's what's going on in chile right now but i um i like his movies he had sort of a um a a, a trilogy um about uh now i can't remember what the first one was called nostalgia for the light is that the first one um, yeah that's the first one i knew about it anyway so that's um uh, uh it's it's a really interesting trilogy that's like about the recent history of chile but also about chile's like landscape so nostalgia for light is like the desert movie and then the, the pearl button is the ocean movie and then the cordillera of dreams is the mountains movie so he's like talking about the recent politics of chile but also these different points of view of of the different terrains of, of chile it works as a very nice um I don't know, nice is not the right word. It's often very upsetting, these movies, but uh, it works as a, as a kind of trilogy. But uh, yeah, so I'm definitely interested in my, my imaginary country. Um, there's also a documentary called The American Dream and Other Fairy Tales, um, which is... Ooh, incisive. Um, yeah, the Cutting. only reason... Got him. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I'm pointing it out is because it's directed by and like focuses around Abigail Disney, who I find to be a very interesting person because she's basically used the platform afforded to her from being a member of the Disney family to like criticize capitalism and talk about mm -hmm. how horrible Disney is. So just like good for her. Keep at it. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Petrov's flu... I don't know to say about it, but it's on my to see list. Hope he feels better. <laughs> uh, are we moving on from the 23rd? Or do you have more on the 23rd? Um, yeah, a move, uh, we can move on to a, a bit of a midweek oddity because on September 27th, Rob Zombie's reboot of The Munsters comes to VOD. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say, Everyone who says this looks like a piece of shit overrates the monsters. This looks like the monsters movie, <laughs> and like you're either into it or you're not. And I'm glad they went for it and didn't try to like make it edgy or like really modernize it in any way. It's just like it's the monsters. That's what you're signing up for. Oh yeah, I'm not like ha like have at it. It's just like it's a strange sequence of words to say in 2022. Is all absolutely but um, yeah looking at rob zombies looking at rob zombies imdb as a director the only thing i've ever seen he's directed is the 1995 more human than human music video uh, so <laughs> i don't really have a good like uh grasp on what kind of director he is or if he's my cup of tea or not um yeah it stars his wife um and also i think they got elvira in it was it elvira um yeah it's well, just 
Yeah. yeah. And Daniel, Daniel Roebuck, who's a sort of TV actor mainstay, um, that I've always liked plays grandpa. Um, he was, uh, ours on lost for the guy who, uh, accidentally blew himself up with dynamite. Uh, uh spoiler, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, another uh, midweek title is uh, the 28th of September finally sees the release of Andrew Dominic's Blonde, which is his movie about Marilyn Monroe that I think Netflix is ever is kicking themselves for evergreen lighting at this point. Like from the sound of it, it's just been a constant battle between him and them. Um, wow. But I'm freaking stoked. It stars Ana de Armas and Adrian Brody, Bobby Cannavale. Like I'm all in. I think it's worth pointing out from my understanding that this is not a Marilyn Monroe biopic. This is like speculative historical fiction, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah Cause yeah. it's based on um, uh, the book by Joyce Carol Oates. Um, right. So it's more, yeah, it's not a straight biopic. It's more kind of, I think psychological and it's definitely weird. Like, you know, you've been hearing all these things about early screenings and the execs are mad. Like I'm living for it. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's definitely I'm also living for. Go ahead. Oh no! I just like. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm also living for Andrew Dominic being completely full of himself and saying at one point, "This could probably be the greatest movie ever made." Which like more directors need that kind of energy. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to like have a conversation with them necessarily, but I want movies from people who think that. That's yeah. what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, are, are we moving on to the 30th proper then? Yes. And uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm I'm trying not to get my hopes up about bros because I like Billy Eichner a lot. And I like the idea of him making uh, this this uh, uh, gay rom-com. But um, it's also, I mentioned Ap the Apatovian... Uh, curse it's a jet up produced directed by nicholas stoller i feel like it's going to be ramshackle and overlong and um I, I worry but uh i'm very happy for billy eichner yeah i i'm kind of in the same boat where like i'm worried but i'm trying to manifest its greatness i mean like i said sometimes there are september hits um as billy eichner has pointed out this will be the first get queer studio rom-com ever he i think it was at cinecon or something and he's like yeah we've had two movies about sonic the hedgehog already but it took this <laughs> long um it's also he made a they made a point of having the entire supporting cast be queer people playing straight people um as kind of a oh, rebuttal man. i love to, that yeah as kind of a rebuttal <laughs> to it being the reverse so often um so some of the people I'm excited about in the supporting cast, um, T.S. Madison, um, which I believe was a, um, a, uh, a BP nominee last year, if I'm not mistaken, for oh. uh, Zola. Am I making this up? Oh. For the Bruce McGill right. Award. Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. Um, and Guy Branham and Simone, which is uh, one of the winners of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and yeah, I just, I just adore Billy Eichner. He's just very funny, so... I'm keeping hope alive. Uh, um, are you are you hopeful for Hocus Pocus Two: Rise of the Elder Witch? Um, I don't have a horse in this race. I am apparently one of the few millennials who would not like jump off a bridge for the original movie. Um, I, so I yeah. only saw it for the first time during the during like quarantine, like the first the 2020 Oscar, yeah. not Oscar Halloween season. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, just just dreadful. I, <laughs> I didn't care for it at all. So I'm not uh, not looking forward to this at all. Is probably won't watch it. Is there a good Rise of movie? I feel like that title is automatically a red flag. Uh, hmm. Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines. Um, rise, <laughs> Rise of Gru. Yeah, yeah. Is that the new Minions, right, or something? It is. Um, there's Ra- rise, rise of the, the Machines Guardians? does have a, a Rise of the Guardians. I saw that twice. Weirdly, mm-hmm. um, uh, Rise of the Machines though does have a good uh, uh, car chase involving a fire truck. Rise of the Machines is probably closest. It's got a good yeah. ending too. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... like this in the fire truck, like he put like the Terminator lady, like pushes down the ladder into like a, yeah. a sewer, right? A manhole, like while the fire truck's going and like the whole fire truck flips over. Yeah, that's, um, oh, who made that? It's the guy who made a uh, uh, breakdown with Kurt Russell, which is also a Jonathan great movie. Mostow. Jonathan Mostow. Yeah, that can make guy who makes good, like beefy action movies. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Terminator Three: Rise of the Machine. Yeah, I guess I stand Jonathan Mostow. If I stand anyone, it's apparently okay. Jonathan Mostow. <laughs> that's the main takeaway from this episode. Um, yeah. So All right, that... let's move on to another movie that I'm excited for. Yes, a new Walter Hill western called Dead for a Dollar. With uh, look at this, look at this cast: uh, Christoph Waltz, Christoph Waltz, Willem Dafoe, and Rachel Brosnahan. I like them all. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's I'm a there. Western. It seems wild. Um, that's premiering at Venice, I think. So that'll be out in the world shortly. Um, and then the uh, previously alluded to God's creatures comes out on yeah. the 30th as well. Um, this is, it stars Paul Mescal and Emily Watson and is directed by Anna Rose Homer, who directed The Fits, which is a really good movie. Um, it's kind of like a moody, psychological two-hander. And it was also like a while ago, right? This is like, yeah, 2015. So it's been a long time waiting for her, her follow-up. I feel like there was maybe something in the middle, though. Like some TV, maybe? Because I don't think she's done another feature. Oh, really? Uh, since then. But yeah, maybe she directed. Oh yeah, so one episode of the OA and a James Blake music video. That's oh, all she's okay. got. So yeah, um, definitely looking forward to this one. Uh, you skipped the Peter Farrelly movie, but that's okay. The greatest Peter. Oh no, well, yeah, that I, I was going to circle back to that. I just got excited about God's Creatures because you had right. um, alluded to it. But yeah, the the anointed auteur Peter Farrelly is back. Um, with the greatest beer run ever in which Zac Efron is trying to deliver a beer to his friends in the Vietnam war. <laughs> That's All the right. actual plot. Um, it also has okay. Russell Crowe who's in a real weird phase right now. Um, there were but- plenty of people standing for Peter fairly to be an auteur before, uh, the Oscars got around to him. I yeah. got, I got legions on my feed who will go to bat for any fairly brothers movie pre uh green book um but if you're worried about it's being released by apple so no one will see it except the academy when they're blanketed with screeners in the three weeks leading up to the oscars wait do people Um, not have apple tv plus is that no no they don't don't. the the reason the only reason and i don't think this is a conspiracy theory i think this is accepted fact that coda won the oscar is because 
they blitzed the Academy with screeners three weeks before the Oscars. No one else. Precisely, yeah, oh, precisely because they hadn't seen it through normal channels, like having right. Apple TV plus that it gained momentum at the end. I think I, I'm the fucking Mark who just has all these. I've got Peacock. I've got Apple plus. I got Paramount plus. But it's also like, if you think about it, like my mom desperately wanted to see Coda and she had no idea how. And I'm like, the only way for you to see this year's best picture winner is for me to go to your house, set up an Apple account for you, put it on your, like, that's insane. So like all these people got excited about this movie that you have to like have an Apple ID to watch. Like it's, that's a whole other issue. The point is Apple can fuck off. Um, Sick and sad. Sick and sad. Uh, but new, uh, Anna Lily Emmerpour, visionary director, according to the, uh, was it a trailer that came out or something, some sort of ad copy called her visionary director, Anna Lily Emmerpour, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. I mean, what the, that name, I don't even, I didn't even look at what the plot is. Mona Lisa and the Blood yeah. Moon. Well, it stars Kate Hudson, which is always a weird thing these days um yeah it's something about a psychic girl and it's something about new orleans i have no idea oh, I... oh man you just sold me even more <laughs> so it's like on a little uh uh who made a girl walks alone alone at night uh, uh, a girl walks home alone at night which is great um making like an a psychedelic occult movie set in new orleans pretty much this is so, so up my alley this is like if I were the kind of guy who like like talked about edibles, this would be like uh <laughs> eat an edible, right? I'm guessing. Edible people. Chime in. Is this an edible movie? <laughs> edible hive, activate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um I don't know. I'm uh uh, uh I, I I try I like you can ask my wife and Tyler and my past therapist, like trying to stay current is like something that I do like to a fault that it's like an actual, like uh, uh pathology almost that I have, but uh, I've never, it doesn't, but I've never been current on weed or video games. So I don't feel bad about not being up to date on those things. So yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I might sound like a, I'm 80 years old saying edible, but <laughs> seems like an edible movie. <laughs> sure. Um, also on the 30th coming directly to Amazon prime, you have my best friend's exorcism, which is quite a title. Um, it's based on a novel. Um, it's kind of a horror comedy. Um, and it stars Elsie Fisher, who I'm glad to see continuing to get work after eighth grade because she was great in that. Um, um uh, I'm curious about smile, another horror movie, um, coming out on the, on the 30th because I, uh, saw the teaser i think before top gun maverick does that make sense yeah um and uh creeped me out so uh i'm, I'm it curious looks weird in a good way yeah um also on the 30th you have the good house which seems to be a fairly inoffensive comedy um but it does star sigourney weaver and kevin klein so i'm always gonna you know stand there uh, well it's from uh maya forbes and Wally Waldodarski, um, who, uh, have made other such things as, hold on, I'm calling it up, uh, the Polka King, which I didn't like and, uh, infinitely polar bear, which is better than its title, but not enough so that you should go check it out. Um, 
But, but like, uh, doesn't a romance between Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver sound delightful? That's what I was going to say. I will still probably check this out because of Sigourney Weaver and noted St. Louis and Kevin Klein. Um, and, uh, Marina Bacharin, or I think it's Bacharin. You don't say the ch, I think I used to do that. And I think I got corrected, um, okay. but I like Marina Bacharin from, uh, Firefly and, uh, and Homeland. Um, also, uh, speaking of Kevin Klein, we're just missing, it's just missing the cutoff, but his son directed a movie that's out like this week, uh, at least on VOD. That's great. Uh, called funny pages. Um, that's a, uh, sort of a comedy about a, uh, self-important teenager who drops out of high school to become a full-time cartoonist and ends up running around with a bunch of, uh, weirdos and psychos and scumbags. And it's really great and really funny. Yeah. Uh, I def- need to check that out. Yeah, um, definitely. Everyone should check out funny pages. Um, so then one, one of the, if we did, it was, it's one of the, my favorite movies of the year so far, funny pages. Just right on. Um, moving on, I think to the seventh, um of okay yeah there's also vesper which i don't know much about but i keep pointing out these like ifc putting out all these i feel like ifc used to mean one thing like 20 years ago 15 20 years ago and now i mostly associate them with like genre movies it seems like well they have a genre branch ifc midnight is their more explicitly genre label weirdly vesper which is a sci-fi fantasy according to this is not an ifc midnight or maybe IFC Midnight is more explicitly horror only. Okay. Okay. Um, but anyway, it sounds cool. All right. So on to the seventh. What yeah, do you the got? seventh is stacked. Starting off, you have Amsterdam, which is David O. Russell's um, first film in, I think, seven years. Um, the, it's, it's like a vague, I think it's a true story. It's a period piece of a crime thriller from the 30s. Um, Obviously, this cast is insane. Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington are the three leads. And then scattered throughout, you have like Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, Zoe Saldana, Mike Myers, Michael Shannon, Taylor Swift. Like, it just keeps going and going. Robert De Niro, I guess. Um, I feel like it's maybe... Where is like... What is the temperature on David O. Russell these days? I feel like a tide turned against him or... Yeah, well, I mean... Turned against him. I mean, because it also part of it is him as a person and his onset behavior mm-hmm. um, is is a big part of it. But also, I mean, the, the last uh, the last couple movies he made weren't that good. I mean, I didn't joy see so much, but we loved we're joy fans, we're huge joy fans in this yeah. house. When yep. when joy works, it 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 sings. But um, it's also, I mean, I feel like David Russell's movies often feel like it looks like they had fun making it and that's not necessarily a good thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing either, but like, yeah, Bradley Cooper enjoy. Oh my God. That's a great performance. But, um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't love it overall. I'm trying to think what's the last, cause I didn't love the fighter. I, I heard Huckabee's might be the last David Russell movie that I really liked. Wow. What a, what a temperature room temperature opinion that is. <laughs> You As, like American uh, Hustle? Yeah, American yeah. Hustle is a blast. Like, talk about a movie that is fueled by actors having a good time. Like, they if they can keep up. See, this is the problem with like the actors having a good time movies. They usually can't convey the energy of the set. David Russell could convey the energy of the set, and to me, that that's enough for my nine dollars. Um, quick, quick vibe check. Has Punchy Scott entered the chat? Is that where we're at now? <laughs> I thought it was uh, Punchy Scott possible. from the beginning. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I just, I just felt like there was a vibe shift. Just checking in. Um, okay. So speaking of um, long unseen auteurs, um, October 7th also brings a new Todd Field movie. I have um, nothing punchy to say about this. Todd Field freaking rocks and this movie is mm-hmm. going to be awesome. Um, yeah, this is Tar starring Kate Blanchett as an orchestra conductor, which sounds weird and I'm here for it. Um, yeah. You also have uh, Nina Haas and Noemi Merlant, who are exciting people to watch. Yeah, Noemi Merlant is, um, uh, what do I know her from? Um, Portrait of, of a Lady on Fire. Fire. Oh, okay. And then also, um, Jumbo. more recently. Jumbo. Um, no, wasn't she in, well, who am I thinking of? Was she not in, she was in Paris 13th District. That was the last thing I yeah. saw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's exciting. Um, and then also on that date, we have Lyle Lyle Crocodile for something completely different. They made that children's book into a movie. I'm not totally sure how they did the crocodile, but I'm a little scared, to be honest. I feel like no matter how you do it, it's going to be weird, right? Because I think it's like CG live action, like all the people are people, and then they just plunk in this weird crocodile. Um, Wait, so what's am... the crocodile doing? I unclear in the premise this did you not read this book as a kid this is like a famous children's book i've Um, I've never even heard of it until two seconds ago (laughs) i think it's (laughs) it's sort of i think like the the maybe like the paddington mold of just like there's this anthropomorphized animal who's just like slightly adrift in a world of humans it's kind of that format um but yeah lyle is a singing crocodile who loves baths caviar and great music who among us um but then there's like there's an evil person who is not cool with there being an anthropomorphized crocodile, like living his best life, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's uh, Sean Mendes is the voice of the crocodile. Sure. And then there's Javier Bardem, Constance Wu, Scoot McNary. Sure. Um, Brett Gelman playing someone named Mr. Grumps. I'm guessing he's the villain. Um, <laughs> but uh Yeah. Who knows? I seems like challenging material, but they went for it. And here we are. Um, But also speaking of adapting childhood classics, I'm very torn about another title coming out on the seventh. It is Catherine Mm -hmm. called birdie. This, this is the second Lena Dunham movie of the year. Lena Dunham entering her Neil Labute era. (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird sentence. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that that's my hesitation is that I have a lot of problems with Lena Dunham as a director and as a person, but this book is like the official book of weirdo millennial girls. Like I devoured this book. I read it over and over and over. The premise is basically there's this like, uh, kind of rambunctious, like teenage girl in medieval times who her parents keep trying to marry her off to horrible suitors. And she keeps foiling their plans through like increasingly elaborate schemes. It's really funny. It's just, it's really great. So I'm like, I'm very torn because someone I have a lot of problems with directed this, an adaptation of this book that is very dear to me. So we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'd never read the book off those I, problems while watching the movie yeah. and make sure we all know. <laughs> um, I never heard of the book, but, uh, I, I like Lena Dunham. I understand why she's a problem I definitely get that, but, uh, I tend to like her, her stuff, I guess. Um, okay. 
Yeah. Also on the seventh, we have Triangle of Sadness, the Palme d'Or winner of this Palme year. D'Or winner. Um, it was a controversial choice. Um, I think a lot of people considered it a bad choice. Um, this is the second Palme d'Or win for Ruben Oslin, who also directed The Square. This is another kind of satire of wacky rich people. Yeah. Well, you forgot to mention, I mean, he, he also made Force Majeure. That's true. That's a good movie. I mean, The Square yes. is not awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the squares, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like joy. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but uh, I like Force Majeure a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, it may be, maybe he's one of those people that like the more money and resources he has, the worse it gets. Yeah. I saw one of his movies that he made before Force Majeure and it's also kind of just fine. I think there's yeah. something about Force Majeure that just like completely clicked and the yeah. other stuff is like, okay, I can- I, I get it. Fine. Yeah. Um, but it stars Woody Harrelson. That's always fun. And Harris Dickinson, who's popping up a lot here. Um, also on the seventh, there's a new Hellraiser on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So that happened. I don't really have much more to say about that. Yeah. And it's um, so David Bruckner, the director um, made the night house. Um, a horror movie with uh, uh, a horror movie with Rebecca Hall, if you can imagine, um, that I quite liked. Uh, but then he also made the Ritual, which I didn't really like, and he did one of the uh, entries in the first VHS. I don't know. He's 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 hit or miss, but um, I don't know. I, having within the last year rewatched the original Hellraiser, um, it's really great, uh, and I uh, am gonna be if I see this, I'm gonna be seeing it with a very like uh, uh all right prove prove yourself to me type of attitude why do we need this hellraiser's good yeah i haven't seen any of the hellraiser movies but scott didn't we recently discover some obscure hellraiser entry online and became obsessed with it for a day because it had an insane synopsis yeah he went to space and there is an intersection with the past and somehow these things made sense and it was like 88 minutes and i was like this movie sounds dope yeah all these franchises go to space. Leprechaun went to space. Jason went yeah, to space, true. right? Yeah. Yeah. Where else can you go after a certain point? Well, Duck, you're next. <laughs> well, Leprechaun went, he went to space first, then to the hood. Oh. And, and then he went back to the hood. True. So maybe that's the next step. Hellraiser in, in the hood. Okay. How are you going to keep them down on the hood after they've seen space? <laughs> True. Uh, all right. What else? What, what else we got on the seventh? Anything else? Um, nothing. Okay. Um, well, Let's there's something oh, called the swimmer. Um, a competitive swimmer comes to terms with his sexuality as he fights to win. Could okay. could be interesting. I don't know. Um, but yeah, a, a midweek oddity for you on um, October 11th. They made a movie about a um, spirit Halloween store coming to life. That's cute. Um, yep. Unless it's supposed to be scary. I don't think it's supposed to be that scary. Um, okay. It has Christopher Lloyd and Rachel Lee Cook in it. <laughs> um, direct to VOD. Um, but yes, this this plants us firmly in spooky season, um, which makes Speaking sense. Of because exact. Take it away. Oh, the kicking off Friday the 14th to, yeah, we're one, one day off, uh, Friday the 14th, uh, Halloween ends, 
David Gordon Green uh, puts his version of this saga to rest, I guess, based on the uh, uh, name, unless it's a hit in which they'll keep making more. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't have any, I don't have any thoughts on these. Yeah, it, it's see, I mean, they're they're hedging. It's it's theaters and day and date on Peacock. Um, but I are people liking this like reboot? I I feel like I they come out and then they just disappear on impact or are people into them. I, I, I think I feel like it's a mixed franchise bag. movies though, right? Like no. most there's a lot of franchise movies that come out and people are like, oh, okay, and then they kind of go away. Yeah. 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 But okay. I'm excited about the next movie on the list. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Park Chan-wook's decision to leave. Yes. I very excited about this. It's a new this. Park Chan-wook movie. Um, yeah, it's like, it's sort of a murder mystery with a romance. Um, this, like, landed really well, I think, at Cannes. It's, yeah, it's been on the festival circuit. And, like, I, after The Handmaiden, like, I'm all in. Like, uh, apparently this is kind of more in that mold. Um maybe not quite as out there, but it's definitely kind of like that level of drama, like melodrama and tension and stoked, stoked. Uh, um, next up is Till, which is from director Chinonye Chukwu, who made Clemency, which was uh, a really good movie. Um, and had Clemency, it's a death penalty movie. I think I went into it thinking, okay, this is going to be like an issue movie, like a Life of David Gale type of movie. But uh, Clemency is much um, more uh, psychological and character-based and much more uncompromising than I expected. So again, now here we are with her, her making a, a very important historical biopic um, about uh, about the murder of Emmett Till and, and, um, from what I understand it follows, it's more about Emmett Till's mother after the murder than it is about the, the events themselves. But I would say given that I was skeptical, skeptical about clemency and, 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 and loved it, what sounds like it could be a sort of like, uh, dry prestige, uh, uh, movie I'm expecting good things. Yeah, I I was a little less into clemency, but I it you know does seem to be a more stable hand than some other people who could have taken on the material. So that seems to bode well. Um, also, on the fourteenth, you have Rosaline, which I'm I really don't know about. It's a revisionist take on Romeo and Juliet, um, told from the vantage point of Romeo's jilted ex girlfriend. Oh yeah, okay. Which is a choice, um, but it stars um, Caitlin Dever, 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 who I really like. Yeah. Um, so she's very charming. It also has Bradley Whitford and Mini Driver, so that's that bodes well. Wow. Yeah. Um, but they're dumping it on Hulu, so who knows? Um, it. I feel like there's like a weird Romeo and Juliet like alternate take moment because they just announced they're like making a stage musical about like, what if Juliet didn't end up with Romeo or something? Um, which weirdly is the plot of a fictional musical in the Tootsie stage musical. <laughs> like we saw the musical <laughs> of Tootsie and instead of a soap opera, they changed it to this musical about Juliet. And I'm like, have these people not seen Tootsie? Like we did this. All okay, fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Weirdly hot moment for yeah. Romeo and Juliet offshoots. 
Um, also on the 14th, you have white bird, a wonder story, which is really weird. So a few years ago, there was that movie wonder about Jacob Tremblay being like disabled or something. And people made fun of him. And then he taught them about kindness. Hey, it's a, it's a good movie. I like wonder. Okay. Um, I'm less clear what this movie about the Holocaust has to do with that. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's probably some really tenuous connection where it's his great grandmother or something. And they're just shoehorning it in and trying to create a wonder cinematic universe. Cause it's literally called white bird colon a wonder story. Yeah. Um, I think it's maybe based, it's like written by the same guy and that's why, but it does seem very tenuous. Um, So I don't know, but it has Julian Anderson and Helen Mirren. Mark Um, Forster. We were uh, last week on the podcast, Aaron and I were just talking about Mark Forster and like, I liked monsters ball when it came out, given the ways that I've changed my tastes have changed. I don't know that I would feel the same way. I don't know if you guys have seen monsters ball, more recently uh, uh no i watched it when it came out with my dad that was oh, unfortunate wow. life choice yeah i don't have more anything that but than you would I, think yeah i watched the people versus larry flint with my dad that was a weird uh, oh boy uh, that was a weird choice oh boy um but uh but yeah but then like even if let's say monsters ball does hold up and i still uh, like it what a like a weird like downfall of a career like i mean his last movie was that um christopher robin yeah right which oof, the the uh, alex ross perry scripted christopher robin movie very very bad and, and and strange so yeah this is what the guy who made monsters ball is doing now yes white so. bird a wonder story but jillian anderson and helen mirren there you yeah. go um also on the 14th you have oh wait i'm sorry i'm just reading the description here um it says that her experience demonstrates the power of kindness to change hearts wow we haven't had any stories about that in in recent years uh i'm totally turned around i'm i'm uh, now into this this very novel take that uh being kind can make the world a, a a better place all the just so many great tv shows and, yeah. and movies that have covered uh, that that have been that that have uh, not been able to tap i guess this endless well of just be kind condescending cynical bullshit <laughs> but how do you really feel <laughs> <laughs> look i'm saying the second season of ted lasso is a crime should be prosecuted and i haven't seen any of the the teddy bear movies for some reason like on its surface, like, can we just take a step back and appreciate the fact that Ted Lasso does not seem like a show that should be this divisive? Because <laughs> I feel like half of the people are like, I will kill your whole family if you say anything bad about Ted Lasso. And then there's people being like, "It's a cr- this show is a crime. Like, isn't it just like a pleasant show about soccer? <laughs> like, why is it so divisive? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, people just... I think it's because people don't know I'm speaking very broadly, but I feel increasingly at sea in a culture that doesn't know how to like anything without standing it. I like, and, and, and okay. cannot brook any criticism to me. I like, I love hearing criticisms of things that I like. It gives me mm-hmm. more ways to think about it and, and, and maybe deepens my appreciation or maybe it causes me to, to rethink. But, um, 
yeah i mean people just like make things their personality now they're they're yeah and and i think something like ted lasso that like superficially has like a positive message people um uh cling on to it as a way of um defining themselves as good people um it's weird that they don't define themselves that way in interacting with people who don't like the show though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and by the way, I was on the Ted Lasso train for the first season. I think the first season is really nice. It's got some corny stuff in it, but i like, I wasn't expecting it not to. It's the, the second season that it, like it, it makes me feel like an alien when I hear people praise the second season, because it, to me, it's, uh, with the exception of one storyline, it's so hollow and empty and cynical and it goes in circles and repeats itself. And it's the sort of thinnest, I think, uh, defensive, like mental health that I've ever seen, uh, passed off as, uh, advocacy. Uh, I, I really, really by the end of the second season of Ted Lasso I was really angry at the show. All right. So I guess I'm one of the, bad ones because i'm mad at no i'm not I... i'm mad about ted lasso other people are mad about people who don't like ted lasso I'm, I'm i'm part of the problem i have no i have no side in this war i just yeah. find it odd but uh, also i have truth. my 2021 new year's resolution was just like as much as possible stop being negative on twitter so uh sometimes on this podcast i may be like overcompensate <laughs> maybe i'm a little meaner on the podcast because i know so you found a loophole to your resolution and they, and they love me um Perfect. so uh so yeah i'm saying all the things i bit my tongue uh about on twitter okay all right let's move on to um, uh old man new yeah. lucky mckee uh movie um uh lucky mckee's a weirdo who makes weird movies and um uh may is one of my favorite horror movies of the 21st century so far it's 20 years old now um and i haven't there's a lot of stuff that he's made that i haven't seen uh since then but uh yeah i'm uh interested in a new lucky mckee movie um also on uh october 14th is piggy which is a horror movie from spain that i know um landed pretty well on the festival circuit i think it's like a kind of teenage revenge horror situation um nicholas cage is not in this one correct right. there's no sign of nicholas cage that i know of i suppose he could make a very no, surprising true. cameo yeah. but um also on the 14th um on netflix there's the curse of bridge hollow which is a halloween movie with marlon wayans sure um and then also on the 14th um there's there's still we're trying to figure out how to make pandemic movies. And I'm curious, like, do you feel like there's been any like movies on TV that is like about the pandemic that's been good? Uh, Bad Luck Banging um, sure. was, was good. And then, I mean, yeah, a lot of movies have like found ways to touch on, you know, let's say like it shows up at the end of worst person in the world and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think Bad Luck Banging is the, closest movie that's like yeah i think yeah. we talked about this on the end of your episode last year but um wheel of fortune and fantasy the last segment of that touches on the pandemic without being about the pandemic that's and right. i think that's the right. best way that i've seen so far 
um, more direct pandemic movies. I mean, more recently, Claire Denise, both sides of the blade, I thought was incredible and a great portrait of just like the background of the pandemic. Yeah, I, but I feel like the best pandemic movies, the pandemic has been more of a background feature. It has not been like the central focus, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know that I've seen a movie where it's been the central focus. Oh, yeah. So this- you, uh, you spared yourself by skipping that uh, James McAvoy, Sharon Horgan. Oh, uh, yeah. I did not see that movie because this sounds kind of like that. It's called um, the same storm. Um, And man, they are playing the hits. Apparently this covers like the pandemic. It covers black lives matter. It covers distance learning. I'm like, this is too much, Um, but it's directed by Peter Hedges. Who's Lucas Hedges, dad Um, has Raul Castillo and Mary Louise Parker. But I'm just like, we it's, it's also new that it's like we I feel like we don't know how to make movies about it yet where it's at the forefront. Yeah, um, I would say for me, like my favorite pandemic that like I feel like Kimmy Your favorite pandemic, my favorite. Pandemic, um, I feel like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Kimmy, Kimmy's the best. Um, but it's also like you could make that movie with no pandemic, I you know, and I be as effective. I think, I mean, he wrote it, I think, before the pandemic or it was written before. Oh, I know. Um, but sometimes life swoops in and gives you the perfect sure. way to present a, an existing story. And I don't think that movie would be half as interesting without the pandemic. Okay. Um, okay. And then uh, another midweek one on um, October 20th, there is the fifth installment in the VHS franchise coming yeah. to Shudder. Yeah. VHS um, 99. Yeah, um, let's see. Directors this time include the musician Flying Lotus. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, I don't know a lot of these people, but I, that could just be me being out of touch. I feel like at this point, if you ask nicely, they'll, like, they'll let any of us direct a segment of one of these at this point. I mean... Yeah. I saw the first two. Um, the second one is better just by um, virtue of having that... Um, um gareth uh i can't remember which one's which Um, evans and edwards yeah but the raid guy um okay um i think that's evans maybe i I was gonna say evans too okay yeah um the 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 one he made which is um not only the best vhs entry of the two i've seen but it's one of the best uh like found footage type movies uh I've, I've, i've ever seen i can't remember the I'm trying to see if I can find the name of the segment, but, uh, Oh shit. It's uh safe Haven. Yeah. Safe Haven is awesome. I would say if you haven't seen VHS two, just check out safe Haven on its own. If you can find it. Very right cool. on. Um, moving on to October 21st. Um, there's the black Adam movie. I don't know much about the character. I don't know if he's interesting at all. Yeah. I don't know much about the character either, but, with Tyler not being there here, I feel the need to just represent the nerd contingent of the audience and say that I'm very excited to see Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Um, pure nerd thing. Dr. Fate's a cool character. Never really been taken advantage of. And Pierce Brosnan's a great actor for that character. Um, I didn't realize this was a Jean Collet Seurat uh, joint. Yeah. That's also uh, of interest. It is, but like, it, I didn't see um, Jungle Cruise. Um, 
are we losing something by him like sort of graduating from like the sort of uh you know mid-tier uh mid-budget um you know august type of release not not august but uh <laughs> you know august release genre stuff like like the shallows like is him moving into um this realm uh a, a waste of his uh vulgar artist talents uh undoubtedly i i it's my guess would be that he has a bit more leeway at warner brothers than he does at disney but maybe the common denominator doing johnson of it all cancels all that mm-hmm. out so it's hard to say mm-hmm. certainly he's never going to top the shallows anyway so it doesn't matter um also right. on uh october 21st is a new martin mcdonough joint which is exciting um the banshees of inishurin hey, it's kind of exciting i'm more <laughs> of a john michael guy myself when it comes okay. to mcdonough's i'm a john michael guy uh but uh, yeah, I guess I'm interested in the Banshees of Inisherin. I mean, uh, if it weren't for Inish- him reteaming with Colin Farrell and Brandon Gleeson, I think I'd be less interested, but it's a potent combo. Yeah. And it's basically like about two dudes who are friends and then they're suddenly not friends and they like fight. I mean, th- this seems like more in the wheelhouse of, I feel like, where he can really excel, I think. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, also on October 21st in a move that feels straight out of 2001, maybe, mm-hmm. um, there is a new rom-com called ticket to paradise starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts, um, and the aforementioned Caitlin Deaver. I cannot, and the Billy life- Lord, and uh, Billy uh, Caitlin Lord. Deaver and Billy Lord book smart reunion, book smart reunion. I cannot for the life of me figure out why this is an October release. I feel like it could really like be gangbusters in like an early April slot. Like it just seems really weird to have it like competing against prestige movies, but I'm stoked. So be I counter-programming, mean, you know, probably I, people who don't want to see, you know, the fucking Banshees of Anish Aaron, like, hey, a nice movie for us to see with pretty people. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I like the cast. Oh, I don't know sure. the works of director. Oh, Parker. He directed, <laughs> um, the Mamma Mia movies. Okay. And he is married to Tandy Newton. That is the extent of my knowledge. Oh. Um, But yeah, it's like, you know, they star as a divorced couple and they have to come together for their daughter's wedding. Um, And like the trailer has them like sniping at each other and then like drunken dancing drunkenly together. And it's like, yeah, put it in my veins. I want it all. Great. Um. All right, new Paul Feig. New Paul Feig dropping. Um, strangely, it is a fantasy based on like a YA book called The School for Good and Evil. Um, but it has... So fantasy means effects. And um, I feel like I'm being so negative this episode. I guess I'm getting... Uh, look, I got a lot of my mind. Um, so yeah, fantasy means effects and effects means, you know, the Ghostbusters... Uh, remake that was not very good i just like i guess i'd like paul feig in a, a different mode yeah you know? i, I like mean, the heat and i like spy yeah but like i mean it has Kate blanchett charlize theron carrie washington Lawrence fishburne michelle yo peter serafinowitz like that's wild i'm um, still trying to figure out with paul feig if a simple favor was a complete apparition in his filmography or if we'll ever get a taste of that back 
I never saw it. Oh, it's so, it's so good. good. <laughs> yeah, it's so up my alley too. Yeah, it's 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 so much better than you could ever imagine. Yeah, and like but up my alley, I mean, I basically mean that it's Blake Lively wearing nice clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you're not going to top it for that. Yeah, it is exquisite. Um, also on October 21st is After Sun, which is um, another Paul Mescal joint. Um, this, uh, played at can and it's, it's just like a, you know, quiet British two hander, but apparently it really landed. So, yeah, I was, uh, uh, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to work it into the schedule for TIFF. And I'm very, uh, very sad about that. Cause I, uh, really want to see it. It's, it sounds great. Um, and then still on the 21st, uh, Raymond and Ray, which is a movie starring Ewan McGregor and Ethan Hawke as half brothers. Um, and talk about okay. two people who just had like had opposite career trajectories, right? Cause like Hawke, he started out and everyone was kind of like, I don't know, Ethan Hawke, do we really like him? And Ewan McGregor was like, this guy's amazing. And so yeah. then they've completely switched places. So they're being uh, brought together to stabilize the universe, I guess. I know. Um, um, but I think I've said on this podcast before that Rodrigo Garcia is one of those directors that I'd like his stuff as often as I don't, but I'm always curious what he's chosen to make, uh, uh, movies about. And this is, um, him reuniting with, uh, Ewan McGregor cause he directed last days in the desert where Ewan McGregor played Jesus. Uh, so yeah, uh, just being a Rodrigo Garcia movie starring these two, um, I'm definitely, interested unfortunately it's an apple movie so no one over 50 can watch it but oh well oh, well luckily i'm i'm under 40 though i'll be 40 by the time it comes out um and uh i know perfectly well how to operate my apple <laughs> device thank you very much that's ages <laughs> um <laughs> let's see um also on the 21st you have argentina 1985 which is like a true story legal thriller um about Argentina in 1985, presumably. Um, uh, there's a documentary called Brainwashed, colon, Sex Camera Power, um, which is about, like, gendered filmmaking in the male gaze. Yeah, and this is um, directed by Nina Menkes, um, who uh, I feel like I have... Um, now, I don't mean like I've discovered, I'm saying is I personally have discovered Nina Mankey. I didn't like discover her on behalf of anybody. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, a few, by a few years ago, I mean, probably five years ago um, at AFI Fest, when AFI Fest used to have a like repertory type category, um, they showed a new restoration of Queen of Diamonds, uh, which is one of her movies that's uh, fantastic. Um, and then... Uh, I've seen another one of hers, uh, since then, but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in brain washed sex camera power. Uh, you also skipped a documentary called all the breeze, which is about two brothers trying to a documentary about two brothers trying to save a bird or trying to protect a bird. That sounds good. Um, yeah, there's some other docs on the state too. There's descendant, which is about, um, the descendants of the last slave ship ever to arrive in the U S. Um, I know that, landed well at festivals. Um, there's also a very curious sounding one called the Pez outlaw, which is a true st a story of a guy who like tried to find these, like, like this rare Pez factory or something to like okay. strike it rich. Um, also title wise, you can't really beat the Pez outlaw. Um, 
there's a documentary called the return of Tanya Tucker. Oh my God. The return of Tanya Tucker featuring Brandy Carlisle. That's the full title. Um, and it's about, uh, Brandy Carlisle joining Tanya Tucker to kind of like, uh, write a new album. Um, I think that's it for that day. All right. Last weekend in October, Halloween right on the corner. It's time to get scary. In fact, it's Armageddon time. It is Armageddon time. That's a, that's a horror movie, right? <laughs> I haven't looked at anything about it. It's a horror movie. I'm guessing. Sure. Um, no, this is the new great James Gray joint. Yeah. Um, this was, um, a big hit at can. Um, weirdly when it was first announced, it seemed like it was more about the Trump family because it takes place in the eighties. Um, and that was really foregrounded in the early announcements. And that sounded kind of insufferable because it sounded like it'd be one of those things where like every time any of them do anything and then they like, look at the camera and it's like, and then you know what happens in 40 years, but apparently that's a very minor part of it. It just like, James Gray did like go to school with members of the Trump family. Um, so there are characters in it, but it's mostly just like a semi autobiographical coming of age story. Um, it has Anthony Hopkins Anne Hathaway, Jeremy strong, and people just said it's amazing. And I'm stoked. Um, all right. Let's see. Call Jane. Uh, uh yeah. what's the story with this one? So, um, it's about underground abortion networks in the sixties. Um, I'm not going to harp on how topical this is because I assume listeners are educated people. Um, but yeah. it's directed by Phyllis Nagy who wrote Carol, um, has Elizabeth Banks, Sigourney Weaver, Chris Messina. Um, and yeah, I like those people. So, all right. Well, this is Halloween weekend, so maybe the call to Jane is coming from inside the house. Pretty proud of yourself for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Moving on to another spooky title. Holy spider. Um, I I think that inflection is yours. There's no exclamation point or anything. But um, yeah, this is, um, I believe, an Iranian film about a serial killer who's targeting um, sex workers and then the journalist trying to uncover it. Um, This played at Cannes, and I think it was kind of controversial for having there be salacious subject matter and kind of engaging with the idea that in Iran, the murder of sex workers is maybe not seen as like an explicitly bad thing and just kind of wrestling with the like complexity and morals around that idea. Um, but people liked it and they got picked up. Um, also on the 20th, it's from, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Ali Abbasi or Abbasi who made uh, border a few years ago. If you remember oh, right. that, that movie. Um, also on uh, the 28th, there's a new Hong Sang Su. Yeah. Hell yeah. New Hong. Clear your count. And I was, I was like, well, if anything, we'll bring him back this way. I am yeah. one Hong behind. I, I haven't seen introduction yet, but uh, I'll get around to it by year's end. Okay. The novelist's film. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be um, great. Uh also on the 28th, there's a movie called Please Baby Please, which sounds insane because it basically sounds like a John Waters movie. Yeah. Um, it's like a couple, they witness a murder and then they get roped into a greaser gang that's obsessed with sex. <laughs> um, sounds insane. Um, has Andrea Risebro, Harry Melling, and Demi Moore. 
Sure. Uh, I like Andrea Rose, bro. Um, um, also on the 28th, Run Sweetheart Run, which I think premiered at Sundance like several years ago at this point. Um, really? It's, uh, yeah, it's basically like a woman is trying to escape um, like a bad date or something. Like okay. it goes weird and then he's hunting her down it's it's a blumhouse it's direct to amazon and they seem to have kind of like honed in on a business model that works for them in terms of these amazon movies you know so sounds like so please baby please run sweetheart run similar title structures very different sounding movies yes (laughs) yeah um i think that's all i have for the 28th uh, wait, what is the ambush? Why does that sound familiar to me? Um, I'm trying to look it up. It's a very generic title. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, because it's from the director of uh, Taken okay. and District B13 and the aforementioned Peppermint. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's that's the ambush. Okay. That's why... Um. Pierre Morel's name sounded familiar. He also made The Gunman with Sean Penn, which is the completely forgotten Sean Penn Taken. <laughs> Does anyone remember that? Everyone's oh, yeah. got their own Taken now. There's 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 bullfighting in it. Sure. Uh, uh, you got a, a near Mar- Neil Marshall film on the twenty eighth. Um, near Mar- near I can't say Neil Marshall. I keep saying near. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, that's if it was a if it was a Neil Marshall ripoff, it would be a near Marshall. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. Neil Marshall um, came on to the scene pretty strong with Dog Soldiers and um, and and the Descent, and then he did some of the uh, most famous uh, Game of Thrones episodes, uh, but um, and one Hannibal. But uh, it does seem like he's kind of fallen off in in recent years in fact his last film that i saw the reckoning was uh just straight up not good unfortunately um all right so all right moving, moving into november. november so this is november 4th and into thanksgiving um, mode into thanksgiving mode um so coming from amazon we have my policeman which is a um period queer love story it's kind of like set in the 50s and the 90s and i think it's like there's a uh, heterosexual married couple in the nineties. And then like the, the, the husband's like lover from many years ago resurfaces and there's like, you know, uh, flashbacks and all that. Um, it stars Harry Styles, who again is getting into acting. It seems, um, he's been getting a lot of heat lately for queer baiting. Mm -hmm. Like he's kind of going around and being like, Ooh, what's my sexuality? You'll never know. And then about this movie, he said like, Oh, like the love scenes in it are really tender. Not like all those gay movies where the guys are just going at it. And people were like, yeah. which movies are those? Like, yeah. is that, were you watching porn? Lake. Yeah. Like what, yeah. I don't know what he would be talking about exactly. So it hasn't been the best press tour moment for him, but yeah, the material seems strong. It's based on a novel, I think. It also stars um, Emma Corrin. Um, it's directed by it seems like a theater guy, which can okay. really go either way. Um, but I just like that it has a period divergent framing device. It's like you don't get a lot of those anymore. People don't want to pay for two actors in a room to talk about the movie. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm genuinely okay. a fan of it. I, I love Bridges of Madison County. I love uh, okay. Benjamin Button. I was trying yeah. to think of uh, examples of what you're talking about. Yeah, Madison County. Okay. Um, Luca Guadagnino made a documentary about Salvatore Ferragamo. That's yeah. interesting. Um, I've seen the trailer a bunch of times, and it's like, I'm not particularly inclined to care about shoes, but um, it's Luca Guadagnino. It seems like Martin Scorsese is prominently featured as a talking head, and apparently okay. Michael Stuhlbarg is the narrator. So it could be interesting, honestly. Well, I yeah, I am interested in the subject matter and all of those things as well. So I'm definitely uh, definitely curious about that. Um, also on the fourth, um, Enola Holmes two happened. I guess. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's move on then. <laughs> uh, another documentary, uh, "Meet Me in the Bathroom," um, doesn't have quite the uh, uh, pedigree of. Luca Guadagnino, but it is um, definitely about subject matter that I'm interested in, which is the early 2000s New York City sort of rock and roll revival uh, scene. Um, so, yeah, um, interested in meeting me in the bathroom. Um, are, are we moving on to the 11th or do you have anything more? Um, nothing I want to call out particularly. Um, well, speaking of famous anti-vaxxer Letitia Wright, uh, <laughs> Black Panther 2 comes out on 11-11, Corduroy Day. What? What? <laughs> That's actually a real thing. There's uh, people celebrate Corduroy Day on 11-11 because it is the date that looks most like Corduroy. Um, and you know, we're, we're Corduroy on 11 Oh, so we're talking about the material, not the book? The book the Corduroy? Yeah, about the bear. Hello. I thought that bear's name was Paddington. <laughs> it's a different bear. <laughs> Wait, now who's Babar? <laughs> That's an elephant. Scott, back okay. me up on corduroy, please. I, uh, this all sounds like something the shoemaker of dreams would know about and not something that a, a mirror, you know, regular guy like I would know. Um, okay, well, hopefully well, anyway. there are some listeners out there who acknowledge the children's classic corduroy. It's about a bear that's like lost in a department store anyway. Black Panther. Is it better or worse than Lyle Lyle Crocodile? I think better, honestly. Okay. Uh, but yeah, wear your corduroy to go see Black Panther Wakanda <laughs> forever. Um, yeah, this is obviously, you know, an interesting situation because they made the first Black Panther and then Chadwick Boseman sadly passed away. So nobody quite knows how they're going to deal with this. Um, you know, they brought back everyone else in the cast and it's kind of heavily implied that probably Letitia Wright kind of like becomes the focal character. Um, and it's kind of interesting because when I saw Black Panther, I wasn't a huge fan of it because I honestly thought that the titular character was the least interesting. I thought they like, and, and not because Chadwick Boseman isn't compelling. It's not that it's just like surrounded by all these other characters who have much more direct, like motivations and arcs and skills. He just kind of seemed adrift as a character. So I am kind of curious what a Black Pantherless Black Panther would mm -hmm. look like. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's also, I saw the trailer. There's like a lot of wild underwater stuff. There's like a big whale. I don't know. Okay. Um, I also feel like I've maybe never liked a Ryan Coogler moving. So this might, who knows? Um, but also on the 11th, we got a new Spielberg. Yeah. New Spielberg yeah. dropping. 
Um, New Spielberg, the- Tony Kushner collab. collab true. Um, so All of which have been stellar. It's true. So this is the Fablemans and it's a semi-autobiographical kind of coming of age story as I saw an article today where they pointed out that he's been kicking around kind of like a version of this for years, but his, both of his parents recently passed away and he had alluded to kind of not wanting to really go full throttle with it until that happened, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of interesting, but obviously he can hire whoever he wants. So the cast is popping. The parents are played by um, Paul Dano and Michelle Williams. You got Seth Rogen as a wacky uncle, Got Jeannie Berlin, Judd Hirsch. It's all happening. It's going to be great. Yeah, and I'm seeing people who are like already the people who like. I I don't know. I'm uh, people who go to bat for Belfast fascinate me. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen people make Belfast comparisons in such a way that they expect like the Fablemans to come off the loser in that. Like any comparison between a Spielberg movie and Belfast is not going to do any favors to Belfast. No. So yeah, I'm excited. Um, uh, also on my hopeful TIFF list. Um, yeah, they 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 have screened it once, and notably, or at least once. But I think the earliest screening was for a bunch of middle aged people in upstate New York. So chasing a very particular demographic, yeah. and it landed well there. So um, also on the 11th, um, the Sun which is a new Florian Zeller joint. Um, he did the father. Um, I don't think this is related in any way, um, but it started screening and people are really into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's Jackman, just adopting a, a titling uh, system, not unlike the episodes of Seinfeld. Apparently. Um, yeah. This is another one based on one of his plays and Hugh Jackman, Laura Dern, Vanessa Kirby and Anthony Hopkins. No complaints. Yeah. Sounds Not good. I, I, yeah. The father was really good. Um, yeah. And I like, I'm always rooting for Hugh Jackman. I feel like Hugh, ja- like somehow for a he good looking, did... massively successful guy. He feels like an underdog. Yeah. Like, why is that? <laughs> and then like, like certain things just keep happening to him. Like when he, um, he made that movie bad education and he like, he clearly thought that was an Oscar play and he's really good in it. And then it was sold to HBO and became an Emmy play. Like there are certain things like beyond his control that it's just like, it's a bummer. So yeah, I, I root for him. Um, also let's see on the 11th, there's a biopic of, um, Golda Meir directed by mm-hmm. Guy Native, Native. Um, what else? Um, are we moving on to midweek then? Sure. Because there's a weird ass thing that I had no idea existed here. Oh, yes. A Christmas Story Christmas. Starring Peter Billingsley. What were you going to say? Oh, yeah. So direct to HBO Max on November 17th. We have an Honest to God sequel to A Christmas Story starring Peter Billingsley. Yeah. An adult Ralphie returns to the house on Cleveland Street to deliver his kids a magical Christmas like the one he had growing up. This sounds like one of those like things like that, that recent ghost, but I'm like really ripping on Ghostbusters stuff, but I didn't see Ghostbusters after afterlife. What was it called? Afterlife. Afterlife. But the idea of taking something as like irreverent as Ghostbusters and then making this like warm nostalgia piece about it, 
is, is, is so strange to me. And that sounds like a magical Christmas, like the one he had growing up, like when he almost shot his eye out, <laughs> <laughs> that's, is that the, what he's trying to recreate for his, his kids? The oh, be a fantastic movie. <laughs> Whole movie's <laughs> him going around shooting his kids with a BB gun. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, I don't know. You can't make, ugh, it makes me mad. Uh, Julie Haggerty's in it though. Can't go wrong. Julie Haggerty. Can't go wrong. Um, well, maybe you will be less mad about some of the titles on the 18th, such as she said, which is, um, the true story of the two journalists who broke the Harvey Weinstein story for the New York times. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars, uh, Zoe Kazan and Carrie Mulligan as the journalists. And it's directed by Maria Schrader who directed the German film. I'm your man last year. So yeah, Pedigree which I didn't is, think was that great. Did you like it? I liked it. It's okay. Um, but yeah, the pedigree is obviously strong here. You also have Patricia Clarkson, Andre Brower, Samantha Morton, Jennifer Ely. Um, and the idea of those two playing in like hardcore journalists, like I'm into it. You know, um, I'm here for any Carrie Mulligan anytime. Yeah. Um, and people are like comparing it to spotlight and I'm like, okay, cause it's journalism. Sure. But why not? Um, and then also you have the menu, which is a new Mark Milode movie. Um, yeah, this is, he's a big, like prestige TV guy. Yeah. He hasn't done a lot of features. I don't think. Um, yeah, I'm looking at, you know, I'm like very skeptical about this because it's about like a couple, there's like an Island resort where like a chef is doing an exotic tasting menu, but then it turns into kind of a weird horror satire. And I'm like, it's gotta be cannibalism or like a soil and green is people, right? Like how else can, what else could it be? Yeah. Um, but maybe I'll be proven wrong. This cast is impressive though. It is. It really Anya is. Taylor Joy, Anya Taylor Joy, Rafe finds as the chef but also Nicholas Holt, Jenna McTeer, John Lemigazamo, always been a big fan, Hong Chow, big fan, uh, Judith Light, Arturo Castro, Reed Burney from yeah. Mass, everyone's favorite. Um, he was really good in that. Uh, yeah. I'm, I think I'm, I'm sold. Okay. I, I like Ray Fiennes a lot. But like, it's gotta be cannibalism, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, don't what spoil if it's it, time but... travel and they're eating their future selves? Ooh. Oh, man. But I guess my point is that like, it's clearly going to be cannibalism, but it seems to think it's going to be a surprise when it's cannibalism. Future selves. <laughs> yeah. Be that's surprise. Okay. Um, there's also the inspection, which is um, a, I believe possibly the feature debut of elegance Bratton. Um, it's about his um, it's autobiographical. Um, it's a young gay black man rejected by his mother decides to join the Marines. Um, and this is getting like very prominent births and positioning at the fall festivals. Um, so Jeremy Pope is in the lead and then it has Raul Castillo and Gabrielle union. So it kind of came out of nowhere, but people seem to be digging it. So. And then Raul Castillo shows up. He's in everything. Right? He really is. I like him though. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's also a new Andrew Bajowski on this day Ooh. called There There, um, which my understanding is that this was shot during the pandemic and no one was in the same room, but they like edited it together to make it kind of seem like it was. Okay. Um, Classic Bajowski. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, Jason Schwartzman, Lily Taylor, Molly Gordon, some good names in there. Um, and then there's also, um, I guess you would just pronounce it EO. It's just the letters EO. Um, it's about a donkey. It's an art yeah. movie about a donkey who's just like, you see life through this donkey's eyes through a series of vignettes. Um, I feel like I've seen this movie before. <laughs> um is that uh, are we still on punchy scott or what what uh what motive scott have we good question into? scott's getting tired yeah i can tell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um all right um are we still uh, so we've also got uh slumberland which is a francis lawrence movie and i have often liked francis lawrence movies but it looks like one of these just determined to be like destined to be forgotten Netflix, like weirdly expensive, uh, genre movies. Yep. Um, yeah. Which is too bad because I, uh, I have liked Francis Lawrence in, in the past. Yeah. It's, it's a very weird combination of factors because it's based on the turn of the century comic strip, little Nemo and slumberland, but then it has Jason Momoa. Like what's going on here. I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Um, what is the people we hate at the wedding? That's a good, that's a good title. Um, family secrets revealed, um, at a wedding. It's, it's got, it's got some interesting people in it, but also some people for whom the tide seems to have turned. <laughs> oh, really? Like, uh, Kristen Bell, is she no, no longer America's sweetheart? Um, not quite. And Ben Platt people are taking issue with as of late. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. It's directed by um, Claire Scanlon, who's um, uh, like a TV comedy veteran. Like, wow, she's done every comedy that uh, people like uh, for the past 15 years. It looks like she's directed episodes of. So that can go either way, I guess. Uh, Moving on to the 23rd Thanksgiving weekend. uh, Luke Guadagnino, another film entering his Lena Dunham era. Uh, bones and all. Um, but wait, I mean, thought Lena Dunham was entering her Neil Aboot era. <laughs> right, but by this point, it will have been the new True. Lena Dunham era. Um, bones and all. So, um, if if we're all right about the menu, this is the uh, second cannibalism movie in uh-huh. as many weeks. This is more foregrounding the cannibalism this time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, Luca Guadagnino and Timothy Chalamet is a winning combination, as we've seen. Um. Also has Taylor Russell, um, Mark Rylands, Chloe Sevigny, and again, Michael Stuhlbarg. So I know some people like got mad about this because he had the misfortune of announcing it shortly after the whole Army Hammer debacle. And I'm like, well, I really hope we know that he can make whatever movie he wants. (laughs) Like, Let's (laughs) just because his former actor got accused of something should not dictate the course of his career. Right. Like we can all agree on that. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. Um, and then on the 24th, there is disenchanted, which is the great, a great title for a sequel to enchanted. Ah. Um, mm -hmm. So they actually, they got off the ground. Um, Amy Adams is back. Maya Rudolph plays the villain. Always glad to see her getting work. Um, James Marsden is back. We're a big James Marsden house over here. So, yeah. I mean, the original is fun. So, 
we'll see if they can translate the magic. Yeah. Um, going back to the 23rd, um, devotion is a, uh, uh, Korean War, uh, true story movie with Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell. It sounds interesting. And Nanny is a uh, horror movie starring Anna Diop and Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, Nanny, I think, won the main jury prize at Sundance and got scooped up for distribution. So people are really into that one. Um, also, this is the second movie this year about Glenn Powell flying planes for the military. Clearly, this is a winning formula. Right, right. Um one of the yeah. actors in the movie is named Morgan Spector, and I thought for a second it said Morgan Spurlock. <laughs> uh, I was intrigued. That would be a choice. Um, there's also a documentary called Goodnight Oppie, which is about the Mars rover uh, named Opportunity. Oh. Um, you sounded disappointed about that. <laughs> what did no, you think it was? <laughs> I, did, I was just wondering who Oppie was. Oh, it's a Mars rover. Just some robot. Just some robot. <laughs> Um, all right. Should we keep moving? Uh, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of stuff on the 24th that I don't. Well, I do want to point out streaming Christmas stuff. Yeah. Well, I do want to point out with that. I think this is the one we've reached a stage apparently of meta holiday movies because one of these on H. Oh, you cut out there. Oh, am I back? Uh, yeah, you're back. You're back. Okay. Um, so yeah. So one of these is called, uh, a Hollywood Christmas and it's about the making of one of these formulaic Christmas movies. <laughs> okay. Which is where we're going full Ouroboros here. Um, yeah. But also on the 23rd is Strange World, which is a Disney animation movie about... Oh, sequel to Strange Days? Clearly. <laughs> the whole world's strange now. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's some kind of interplanetary exploration thing. Um, weirdly under advertised, although I feel like I saw a trailer at some point. Um, yeah, if you move on to the December 2nd, I believe moving into December into Christmas time. Yes. Um, and nothing gets you in the Christmas spirit, like a movie about Mennonites. <laughs> um, so women talking is a new Sarah Polly joint. Um, it's apparently based on a true story about a bunch of women in an isolated religious colony who experiencing. Oh, a lot I thought of, it was based on a novel. Um, I think it's both. I think the novel is loosely based on a true story. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Oh. Um, so apparently like some men in this colony were like repeatedly sexually assaulting them and they're trying to like reconcile that with their faith. I think I could be wrong. I think it mostly takes place. It might be like real time. Like, I think the title is very true and that they're all just like sitting around in a barn and like figuring out their lives. Um, and has Francis McDormand, Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, Ben Wishaw. Like, yeah. Yeah. Jesse so. Buckley and Claire Foy. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds amazing. That's great. Yeah. Seems like a heavy hitter. Um, doesn't seem. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested. Um, I've of the Sarah Polly directorial efforts. I've only really liked the documentary she made. Um, but this, Even sounds that was a little dicey for me. Yeah. Most, I think all of her stuff has been like shown promise and I'm waiting for her to kind of like really cinch it all together. Maybe this will be it. Maybe. So. Um, all right. 
There's also on the second, a new Tommy Vercola joint called Violent Night with David Harbour and John Leguizamo. Um, kind of a Christmas. Who is Tommy Vercola? I, I set my phone aside to charge, so I can't look up who Tommy Vercola oh, is. Um, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, I believe. Oh, okay. I kind of like that. Yeah. It's fun. Um, so. You think David Harbour like, regrets the path he's gone down? <laughs> Should he? I don't know. I just feel like what path do you feel he should be on? Well, I don't know. I just like see him pop up and all this stuff and he always looks miserable as hell. <laughs> and I think it's just like his like acting persona, but he always has the grumpiest face in these like terrible nerd movies. And it's like, and the first thing I ever saw him in was a revival of who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. I wonder if he thinks about that too sometimes. <laughs> So I think we've reached existential, Scott. Do you, do you feel yeah. that that's accurate? <laughs> yeah, I just, I look at David Harbour and I'm like, I think you know you could be doing more. Well, he did like... Good and no, no sudden move. Yeah. I mean, he did, he does get his kicks in an extracurricular way because there was that thing where people, someone said like, if this tweet gets enough likes, David Harbour, will you like officiate my wedding or something? And he was like, sure, like not thinking it would happen, but it did. And he did. And then people are like, oh, wait, we can replicate this. So they started to like replicate that formula. And I think he like went to someone's graduation. Um, this is just sounding, making him sound more indebted to his terrible nerd audience than ever. But I'm saying he seemed like stoked about it. Like in all the pictures and stuff, he does seem to be having a yeah, good time. He just, he, it strikes me as like a higher class Skipper Dan situation. I don't know. I just... <laughs> uh, Man, yeah, he's I definitely just... a, he, he, he's a weird actor at a weird time in his life to be like on bedroom wall posters for like a right? kind of nerdy teenage girl. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I like to think that he's grateful. For, hey, for as the Flintstones say, it's a living. Yeah, yeah. Man, I am just between two cranky pants right now, but we're, <laughs> we're trying to keep this ship moving. Um, so also on December 2nd is, spoiler alert, The Hero Dies, which is... Oh, um, you ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an adaptation of a memoir um, about um, TV writer Michael Osiello and um, his partner was diagnosed with cancer and... The inevitable happened. Um, it's directed by Michael Showalter, which can really go either way, and stars Jim Parsons, which is a bit disconcerting. Um, but also has Sally Field and Bill Irwin. Um, so we'll see. David is doing the kombucha girl meme in real time right now. <laughs> like everything I say, you're just acting out that meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, there's also on the second framing Agnes, which is a documentary about, um, trans identity and history. Oh, and then on to December 9th, we're in the home stretch, um, yeah. empire of light, new Sam Mendes joint dropping. Yeah. Not, not a, not a, uh, James Bond to be seen. Uh, no, this right? is a period piece from the 80s set at an old cinema starring Olivia Coleman, um, Colin Firth, Toby Jones. Um, Sam Mendes is real hit or miss for me, but like, I, I like where this is headed. I don't know about y'all. Uh, yeah, I, I would also agree that he's, he's, he's hit or miss, but, um, 
don't know, a movie about uh, old, old cinema. That sounds fun. It'd either be overly precious, though. Yeah. But also, like, Olivia Coleman, like, doesn't miss. Like, if nothing else, it will be worth watching for her. Oh, he has a performer. I thought you were saying like in the project she selects. And I was like, I'm sure she has some. <laughs> Probably. But I'm saying like, I have never regretted watching an Olivia mm. Coleman performance. Um, um, well, did you ever see Ron's gone wrong? I'm just looking at her filmography. And... <laughs> Voice work uh, doesn't count. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, House party remake. Yeah. So interesting story with this. So I'm, I don't know how like, industry insider like the listeners are but i'm sure they've heard about uh warner brothers basically imploding like self-annihilating over the past month um this was a weird byproduct of that in that this was originally going to be an hbo max release and in the last week they decided to make it theatrical even though they have almost no money left to release anything (laughs) so yeah the house party remake coming to theaters yeah um a uh, little bit of trivia, the, the director of the original House Party, Reginald Hudlin, directed the Sidney Poitier documentary we talked about three hours ago. Okay. Um, yeah, this stars a lot of young people I've never heard of, and Bill Bellamy. Um, and then also on the ninth is something from Tiffany's, which is a direct-to-Amazon video rom-com. But I'm pointing it out because it stars Zoe Deutsch. And Scott and I were just talking the other day about how much we love Zoe Deutsch and we wish she would make better movies. And I don't know if this is one of them, but we love but her. But it might be. It's, but it might be. And we love her. It's probably not. Um, but it might be. It's directed by Daryl, Daryl Ween, who um, doesn't, doesn't make good movies. Um, yeah, but she's great. And we just, we want the best for her. Um, And then on the 14th still is A Man Called Otto, which is the second cinematic adaptation of the novel, A Man Called Ova. Um, The stars Tom Hanks. Mark Forster entering his Luca Guadagnino era. (laughs) (laughs) And again, Tom Hanks in his weirdo era. Like it's all coming together. Um, Because I think he's, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's playing a character much older than he is. So I'm guessing there's probably some some makeup and styling choices that are again uh, a bit kooky um but yeah it's tom hanks um and then all right moving on to the 16th yeah release dates get weird around now because yeah but i can't wait avatar 2 avatar the way of water yeah god help me i'm looking forward to it too yeah absolutely i saw that first one twice in the theater they're re-releasing it in the theater uh, uh, later, or I guess next month. Uh, I might go see it again um, in preparation for The Way of Water. Um, I'm on my own. Uh, Julie bailed and... Uh, no, I, I was just getting water. I thought God you could is, vamp uh, for those 10 seconds. God is falling asleep. Um, no. Um, uh, well, you know what? Scott wasn't giving me anything. I blame it on Scott, but he's very tired. He's had, yeah. a, long, he's had a long day. I said I am, against my better judgment, looking forward to Avatar The Way of Water. Yeah. But also, like, I'm not... Why, but why against your better judgment? Because I didn't like the first one. Movies. Oh, come on. Like, it kind of peaks for you know? Like, the best shot of the movie is definitely all of them waking up at the very beginning. And you're like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, less so. 
But I've also just been conditioned at this point to think that the Avatar sequels are not real. You know, like, I I just feel like it's been so long and they delay them so many times that I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know. I do like that Sigourney Weaver is back, but as a different character because her character died in the first one and she's playing like their teenage daughter or something, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then on December 21st is a new Puss in Boots movie, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Okay. The original Puss in Boots is kind of good. It's kind of fun. So I had a good time. Like Antonio Banderas is Puss in, like that's, it's very inspired casting and he really goes for it. Um, so I don't know, could be fun for the kiddos. Um, on December 23rd is Corsage, which is another Vicky Creeps joint. The, the backlog just keeps yeah. getting unspooled. Um, this landed very well at Cannes. Some people even grumbled that it was not in the main competition because it outshone many entries therein. Um, but it's about uh, an empress of Austria who is over the hill at age 40 and um, is like fighting to maintain her status and relevance. Mm. Um, but it's kind of sounds like a kind of psychological chamber piece within a kind of the trappings of a big period piece. Um, and Vicky creeps. So that sounds great. And I'm saying that yeah. to shore up my positive energy before we get into the next movie, <laughs> because I, I liked knives out just fine, you know, B plus BB plus movie. Um, there's no way that glass onion is good. Right. <laughs> Does I it feel like, like knives out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it, I mean, it just feels like so like trying to make lightning strike the same place uh, twice. It, I feel like there's the yeah the 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 chance of this movie being good is at like twelve percent. <laughs> that seems that seems generous, honestly. But it's also like I think they gave them too much money. Like Netflix wanted the rights so bad that they gave them one hundred million dollars to make this movie, I think, or no, make two movies. Anyway, it's too much money is my point. Um, I mean, it has some great people in it. Edward Norton, always happy to see Ethan Hawke, Janelle Monet. Sure. Leslie Odom Jr. Catherine Hahn. I mean, obviously he could get whoever he wanted. Um, you know, Daniel Craig and his insane accent are back. Um, that's seemingly the only connective tissue. Um, one of the great pitches for the sequels was that he should do a different accent in every movie, but it never <laughs> gets explained why he has different accents that that would compel me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, for all, like for all intents and purposes, he was doing several accents in the last one. <laughs> that, <is laughs> like, that was wildly distracting to me, but yeah, it just seems like can't leave well enough alone, but you know what? Like if Ryan Johnson gets to buy a boat cause of this or whatever, like good for him. It seems cool. Um, and then on the 23rd, you have, I want to dance with somebody. You have a Whitney Houston biopic. Yeah. I'm not getting my hopes up. Um, because so I came at Cassie lemons career all as a director, uh, Casey, it's Casey, right? Casey lemons. Anyway, I came at it all askew because the first one I saw that she directed was Harriet, which is not very good. And then, um, I went, Back and uh, somewhat recently at the Arrow, uh, they did they were doing as part of like a whole Samuel Jackson like thing. They did a thirty five millimeter double double feature of Eve's Bayou and the Caveman's Valentine, and they're both great. And so, seeing her go from that to Harriet, 
which is, you know, a biopic and now seeing her stick to the biopic route with, I want to dance with somebody. I'm not, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm not, I'm not uh, expecting to get that late nineties, early two thousands, Casey lemons vibe back. It seems safe. Yeah. But we'll just, I'm so negative. I feel like no, normally <laughs> doing this episode makes me like more excited for the the fall. Um, and maybe I, I don't know why I'm actually well, it's because you said you're you're repressing yourself. You're not using Twitter as yeah. an outlet for your rage yeah. like every other person on Twitter. And this is what happens. That's what Twitter's yeah. for. <laughs> yes. There's also stuff going on uh in my life right now that is uh putting me in a bad mood. So that's um I apologize. Uh, quite all right. Um, also on the 23rd, strangely enough, there is a remake of Ikaru. It's called Living, and it um, is set oh. in London, in uh, it's set in post war London, stars Bill Nye as the um, in the main role. Um, it's been playing a lot of festivals. Um, you know, it's a pretty universal story, so why not? I guess, yeah, that's a framing device that doesn't work, in my opinion. The original, uh, Kurosawa movie. Okay. Okay. So you're you're well, ranking all the streaming to, devices. I'll be the I'll be the positive one here. I'm looking forward to to. Live. Oh, I th- no, I think the movie sounds good. I was just no, no. Out. You said no. <laughs> um, but let's move on to the to Christmas Day and uh, a movie I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, Babylon. Um, yes. I uh, listeners are aware that I love. La La Land with all my heart. I also really liked First Man. Um, less so Whiplash, but that's that was earlier. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to to Babylon just as a person who has liked Damien Chazelle. Uh, but it's also an old-timey Los Angeles movie, which, come on, that's yeah, so up my alley. It's not only an old-timey Los Angeles, it's an old-timey Hollywood movie. So it's about Hollywood in the 20s, mm-hmm. and you have a lot of these actors playing, like, real characters of the time. And, I mean, Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Catherine Waterston, like, the cast is much longer than what's listed here. But, like, yeah. it seems, honestly, like, if you took Once Upon a Time in Hollywood but set it in the 20s, like, that almost seems to be, like, what it's kind of going for. Um, yeah, I'm stoked. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm very yeah. excited. Also, all those people uh, out there who are anti Damien Chazelle, they can they can get over themselves. Good for them. Pound sand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, also, I have to mention that a uh, friend of this podcast and of me and my wife, Carrie Hyatt, uh, worked on Babylon. <laughs> she was uh, she worked on Liquor's Pizza and uh, made signage, and she's a graphic designer. Uh, and uh, listeners already know they listen to this. They listen to our interview with with Carrie. So I'm sure that all the signage in Babylon is going to be on point. So go see it for the signage people, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's it for things that have dates. And then we have a little section here of things that are definitely coming out this year, but don't have a date yet. Okay. I was like crossing my fingers for like a big, like Netflix release date dump at the last minute. It did not happen, but these are definitely imminent just without a date yet. So in no particular order, um, white noise, the new Noah Bombach joint is dropping yeah. at some unidentified point. It's um, it's going to be good. It has Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig. Um, it's based on a um, Don DeLillo book that was said to be unfilmable. 
which is always exciting. Yeah. Um, this is opening the Venice Film Festival. So obviously the people in power think very highly of it. Um, yeah. Stoked. Right. Um, uh, there's the also, new Inaritu yeah. mm-hmm. movie. Bardo yeah. Falls Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really like his movies. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to like steer clear of being too negative. Especially a false one. <laughs> Yeah, haven't we had enough false false chronicles as a society? And um, white noise. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems to be some kind of like war satire. Like the the synopsis has been kind of opaque, so I don't really know what's going on with it. Um, but that's also debuting soon at festivals. Um, these are all Netflix movies, by the way. So those all on Netflix. Um, and then Wendell and Wilds, which is a new uh, stop motion animation feature from Henry Selleck um, yeah. starring Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele as the voice of two demons. Um, so that seems like it could be. Yeah, that sounds combo. fun. Um, and then the aforementioned, the other Pinocchio. So <laughs> Pinocchio is entering his Mark Forster. Era. <laughs> <laughs> this bit is paying off in ways I did not expect. Um, yeah, so this is the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio, um, and it is a stop motion animation one. So that is somewhat interesting. Yeah, I would say um, this one has Ewan McGregor as Jiminy Cricket, um, Tilda Swinton, Kate Blanchett, um, Ron Perlman, Tim Blake Nelson are all voices in it. Um, so even though I'm burnt out on Pinocchio, like. Guillermo del Toro is on a good streak, so could be something. Um, also from Netflix, The Good Nurse, which is a true story about a nurse that might have killed as many as 300 people by on purpose. <laughs> by like um, a terrible nurse. Yeah. Yeah. The title is a bit misleading in that way. Um, but it's Eddie Redmayne stars as the murderer, which honestly seems like kind of inspired casting to me. He's a bit creepy. Um Jessica Chastain also in it. Um, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if this is any good. Um, and then we also foreshadowed there being two movies about Edgar Allan Poe solving crimes while a cadet at West Point. I have this been is, waiting for this to pay off all night. <laughs> <laughs> this is the moment. It's the pale blue eye. It's a new Scott Cooper movie. Um, uh, that's not a payoff at all. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. But um it does yeah, have a I think on, on our on when Tyler and I counted down 2021 and I named Antler as my least favorite movie of 2021, I believe I said that Scott Cooper must be stopped and apparently <laughs> no one listened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does have um, Harry Melling as Edgar Allan Poe, which I feel like is good casting. Um, yeah, also, Christian cool. Bale, Jillian Anderson, Robert Duvall, Timothy Spall, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Ignoring the Scott Cooper of it all, it is an interesting premise. So, you know, since I'm the only one keeping hope alive in this misery sandwich, <laughs> I guess I'm hoping for the best. Um, and then moving well, on. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely hopeful for this next one. Uh, there you go. Despite it, despite it being from a director that I consider hit, hit or miss for me. Um, but the the I'm, I'm choosing to approach it as a Brendan Fraser vehicle. Uh, the Whale. Um, Darren Aronofsky's all hits for me, baby. I can't wait. 
There you go. Well, uh, I hope I'm, I'm home with you on this, but uh, I, I, I do love Brendan Fraser. I do love Samantha Morton. Mm. Um, oh, Hong Chow's in this one too. Hell yeah. yeah. Love to see it. Um, yeah. I mean, it has courted some controversy because Brendan Fraser is pay- playing a 600 pound man, which he is obviously not. Um, and it's based on a play, I believe that he adapted. Um, and people are very curious about how it all comes together. I'm definitely among them. Um, Darren Aronofsky, I'm sure it won't be problematic at all. <laughs> no, I know, but it's just, sure, it's just such like sensitive touch with it. It's, it's a very wild combination of factors. I think we can all agree. And I am very curious to see how it all comes together. I think though, um, that, at TIFF, they're like giving Brendan Fraser some award for this movie specifically. So clearly they've seen it and they're very into it. Um, but yeah, I think we've all agreed like there's a Brendan Fraser essence happening. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, he was going to be the villain in Batgirl that got taken away, but otherwise. Um, so that, that award he's getting at TIFF, um, someone, uh, pointed out how uh, on Twitter was pointing out how often the person who gets that award goes on to win the best actor. Uh, oh, really? Oscar. So, um, Brennan Fraser, naughty shit, early favorite for best a- actor, I guess. There you go. Um, there's also Causeway, which is, um, a Jennifer Lawrence vehicle and she hasn't done anything in a while. Yeah, where is she I been? am choosing to ignore. Don't look up. Um, oh, so yeah, I guess I completely forgot about that. Yeah, no, I am plagued by its memory. Um, she also like got married and had a kid or something, but like, oh, I, I've always liked her. Like she's very talented and very compelling. And this is about, um, a U.S. soldier who has suffers a traumatic brain injury and is struggling to readjust to life back home. Um, it's her, it's Brian Tyree Henry, Samira Wiley. Um, sadly it's on Apple. So, you know. The- no problem for me. I'm young and hip. <laughs> Glad to hear it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm always interested in what Jennifer Lawrence is doing. I don't know if that makes me a minority these days, but I'm into her. Yeah. Great. Definitely. Um, and then there's also the wonder, which is the new Sebastian Le- Lelio joint, um, mm-hmm. starring the great love of my life, Florence Pugh. Yeah. Um, it's a great, and- Neve Algar. I had to say that because I know how to say her name. Uh, and, 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 uh, Tom Burke, uh, great cast. I love Sebastian Lelio or Lelio. Yeah. He, he's a mixed bag for me because I loved disobedience. I did not like a fantastic woman. And then what was the other one? Well, he did Gloria, which is great. And then he, 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 he did the remake Gloria Bell, which is not as good. It's not as good, but I thought it was still pretty stellar. And like, you get some great John Turturro in there. Yes. That's true. That's true. But I guess, um, I mean, I, it, it suffered for me being already having loved Gloria. I guess. Yeah. I mean, gonna... it's virtually pointless to see both. There's, there's almost no like new take there. Yeah. 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 But um, uh, yeah, yeah like it has a, a great premise. It's um, I think it's a period piece, but it's um. Uh, a nurse is summoned to a tiny village to examine a girl who is said to have survived without food for months. So kind of like a weird old timey mm. supernatural medical mystery. Um, but yeah, sounds great. Um, and then finally, even if Scott is nearly falling asleep, surely he is something the to best say. movie of the year for last. Yeah. It's gonna just knock 
Spielberg, forget about it. Not even close to the new Mia Hansen love vehicle. One fine morning. Isn't Starring. it? Didn't we learn recently? It's like Luva, Luva. Yeah, I don't have time for that. <laughs> forget it. <laughs> I learned it as Mia Hansen love 10 years ago, and that's how it will remain. Um, and starring Lisa Du, who uh, has frankly become like a new favorite actress over the last couple of years. I always like. And it's about her. time we haven't seen her in a movie for weeks. Yeah, right. I always <laughs> dug her, but like lately she's just on fire and she's really stepped up to a whole different level. So I am extremely yeah. excited for this. Yeah. yeah. And to clarify, this is actually just a qualifying run, but that means they know what's up. That means they want to get it in under the wire for Oscars. So. I'll be there at whatever yeah. landmark yeah. replacement is going to settle for the for the New Year's Eve release to barely qualify. Yeah. <laughs> Mia Hansen love for best picture of the year. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, yeah. uh, while while Scott is still, uh, um, I don't know, conscious. Sentient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully you can find reviews of a lot of these over the next few months uh, at battleshipretention.com. You can uh, also email me at david at battleshippretension.com email tyler at tyler at battleshippretension.com follow me on twitter at davy pretension check out my other podcast it's called the one where i met your mother my, my wife and i uh natalie my wife natalie and i watch an episode of friends and an episode of how i met your mother every week and compare and contrast this week we had uh it was great uh, uh episodes on on both counts it was uh the one without the ski trip and the goat those are the two episodes i guess uh if uh, uh, I Y K Y K um, on that. Uh, you uh, let's see. I that sounds that's... really weird when you say the acronym out loud. Yeah, that don't was, care I think for that. that was the idea. Um, <laughs> let's uh, uh, start with uh, uh, Scott while he's awake. Um, where, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on the floor of my hotel room, connecting <laughs> to the hotel internet through whatever means. Hasselhoffing. Means- Queen of New burger? York will allow what? Also, <laughs> just to like give some context here, Scott's video has been off for the past like hour and a half. We have no idea what he's yeah. doing. That that was purely well. Uh, first, of course, I'm just completely naked. Uh, that's goes without saying. <laughs> well, I but, said I was picturing you uh, Hasselhoffing, like shirtless on the floor eating a burger. <laughs> I didn't know this was an option, much less a mode I could go into, but uh, I will be pursuing that mode momentarily. Uh, no, the video went off because I found that I, I was getting better connection with it. Also, yeah, uh, I figure as much. Well, my point remains that we have okay. no idea what you're doing. What? So, on tomorrow. Yeah, you can still request to follow me on Twitter now that I know how to approve follower requests. Um, thanks to a listener whose name I forgot who got in touch with us. Um, and at Letterboxd, where I post things. Julie? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at says no says. That's S-E-S-N-O underscore S-A-Y-S. And I'm just, I'm out in the world, man. I'm living life. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Julie, for filling in as co-host. Uh, thank you, Scott, for for joining us Uh you know, at whatever percentage you are at. Um, uh, thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. I think Bye. I'm using like the extra hundred percent. I brain like Lucy. <laughs>
This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.